Howie. Uh, my first ever, like, official, like, podcast or whatever. Um, <laughs> to, I, I, I honestly, I, I never, like, really, um, the, the last time I've done anything, like, podcasty was sort of like, um, it was someone, it was sort of a, it wasn't really a friend, but it was sort of like a, an acquaintance, and, um, and yeah, he did his own, like, podcasting, this was, like, high school, so, like, you know, that didn't really get anywhere, it was, like, kind of, like, for fun, but, but, yeah, this is, like, the third time I've done a podcast, because, really, like, if I had to be serious with you guys, um, um, podcasts are, like, doing, podcasts are, like, there's so many podcasts at this point, because, um, there's, like, there's obviously a surge, since we're all stuck, sort of, um, indoors, um, and, you know, we're, like, due to the pandemic, and then, like, I feel like that there's a pod, there's a podcast surge, because, basically, um, basically everyone's stuck indoors, we can't really interact with one another, and especially the need for, like, something entertaining, at least, and to, like, you know, I mean, there's radio, I mean, there was, there's, there's, there's still, like, radio stations that are open, and they're doing, but that's not really as close as, like, podcasts, those sort of, like, more informative, <laughs> so it's more, a lot more informative than my fucking dumbass trying to, like, remember how to do a podcast again, but, um, yeah, but hi, everyone, this is, uh, this is, this is counting our first, our, our very first podcast episode, and, um, and this is, and I'd wanted to, I, I really wanted to get it straight with you guys, um, because usually I know this is sort of what everyone knows as podcasts to be, um, but podcasts are very real, depending on the, sh- I mean, if it's really just someone just speaking about their day-to-day things, then this is, this is really going to be one of them, but this isn't, this isn't exactly going to be like, oh, I'm going to be telling you my day and my feelings, well, honestly, a little bit of my feelings, but, um, but, uh, really day-to-day things that I know of, th- day-to-day things that happened, and I am curious to see how far this goes, um, but I don't imagine it being, like, episode a thousand, <laughs> you know, so, um, so yeah, this is our very first podcast, and, uh, welcome to hell, <laughs> welcome to hell, yeah, I, um, I was planning on doing this earlier, like, this is, it's like nine, so, um, I was planning on doing it earlier, like at five or something, even though that's still a little late, but, but hey, it's still, I mean, a little bit, a little, I mean, at least it'll be a more, um, more early, how do I say it? At least it'll be a, fuck, man, I lost it, whatever, but, um, but yeah, now that it is our first, uh, podcast, um, you know, the thing that comes across my mind is that, like, as I come back to, like, me mentioning that I'm not, like, this is, I haven't done a podcast in, like, so long, (sighs) excuse me, um, so I haven't done a podcast in a very long time, so, uh, I, I'm sure the last podcast I've done was, like, two years ago, and that was for, like, a different channel, like, like, this is my main, this is, this is, and I came up with a name, too, um, so let me come back to that, 
This is the very first episode of my podcast, but it's not called my podcast. We have to be a little creative than that. Uh, there's, it is, this is the first episode of Isai Just Talks. <laughs> and I want to actually get to that, uh, to why I named it that. Um, I remember very long, I remember in my like high school years, uh, this was like sophomore, junior year. I, I, I'm sure it was like junior year. Um, yeah, high school wasn't that easy. <laughs> and, um, and so I remember I was in theater a lot because I am the theater bitch. I mean, come on. Have you guys, have you guys really not noticed? I mean, for those that are listening, um, with audio only, like I, I mean, my shit's still available. I mean, but if you, if you're only listening through audio right now, um, my room is just totally, totally, totally like covered with, um, with film-related things, props, books about movies, uh, like, books of, like, behind-the-scenes of movies and DVDs and this and that and that, and, uh, and especially costumes because, uh, I love cosplaying. I'm prepared to get bullied. Um, cosplaying, but not so much just cosplaying, because I notice as well, when, when people cosplay, they don't, that's the thing that gets me so annoyed, like, people cosplay, but they never really act the part, you know, and in my ability, I feel I can do both cosplay and play the, play the part, so literally, I'm just the character, so, um, so yeah, you guys know me, like, that I'm the theater bitch, and I can, like, do acts, and this and that, and I guess, as many people have put it, for me, I mean, I didn't say this myself, like, I didn't, I didn't tell, I didn't, I didn't describe that as myself, but other people have told me that I, I have, or said about me, towards others, that I, I have an, I have a very artistic side to me, and I guess it's true. <laughs> when it, <laughs> when it comes down to it, spending, oh man, this whole room, all the, the worth of all the shit in this room is probably sums up to, like, I, I'd want to guess to 500, like, discounting the PC that I have and all the techno- all the technological bullshit, like, like, I mean, props and all, like, mat- like, the materials, I, I, I would say f- at least up to, like, f- oh, I would say 500, but that's a far stretch, I, I, at least 200, that's not so bad, I mean, I mean, I could be spending better, but, but, th- but this is what I like, fuck you, I'm only gonna be here, like, for, like, 80 years. I mean, if, if we were talking, like, if I were going to live a thousand years or more, like, yeah, sure, I'll, 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 I'll fix my shit till then, but no, there's only so, so little time, and, and, and in that little time span, I'd want to have these things that I enjoy, and once I die, you know, that's what I thought, when I die, um, <laughs> when did he- I didn't ex- <laughs> I didn't expect this to go so dark. I I'm, I'm here. I am going from like, like oh, welcome to my first podcast, and like here, there's a short story. And, oh my god! And I didn't even get to the story yet. I'm like going all over the place right now. But yeah, but here I am going like oh, you we're gonna hear the story of the how why I named this podcast, and then suddenly we just going to uh yeah when I die someday. <laughs> so um but. Let me let me just finish that so we can go back from being undark. Uh, yeah. Um. Um. I feel, but yeah, I feel like that's with every collector, like moi, moi. Uh, yeah, moi, like me. Um, 
that all of our stuff when we die like where would it go I, I i mean obviously the answer would be like to donate it so other people could have it but then i kind of go deep in the rabbit hole and i think what if every person who collects dies and i go way too deep into this shit that like if every collector dies in the world then this shit would probably be thrown away even how valuable we saw it as but yeah, it's not really it's not really because I just like to collect. It's just cuz like it's certain things that I like to collect. I don't just collect any any fucking thing like like I'm a hoarder. But um but yeah, it's certain things and unlike other collectors where I see them and they're like profusely buying shit that they really don't need like like pop like okay, I'll be I'll be um the victim of my own um Wow, I really lost that saying. Uh, I I really had it on the tip of my tongue, but um, yeah, I'll be the victim of my own uh hypocrisy, I guess. But I have pop figures. I still have pop figures. I mean, for those who are listening to audio, you you can't obviously see. Uh, coming back to that, for those who are only listening to audio, I uh, I also do um, both visual and audio. You can listen to my dumbass while looking at my dumbass and uh on on i'll be posting it on youtube uh youtube spotify and instagram on my main page so those are the three uh places that i'll be uh yeah i never really thought of doing spotify but everyone's doing you know their own podcasts on spotify i mean i feel like spot i I, I, i'm assuming spotify is the main place to like put your um uh your your podcasts it, really that's what's coming back to me now like i the the this whole like surge of um of podcasts and that's because i feel personally that's because of like the pandemic and how we were stuck to being indoors and we were sort of disconnected from the outside world you know when we talk to people day to day and hear their stories and this and that so pod- podcasts are really like the virtual version of that but anyways um yeah, but for those who are only listening to audio, uh, but for those who are seeing this, this clusterfuck, um, yeah, I, I have pop figures of my own, but that was when I was, like, 15, that was when, like, before we realized, like, okay, there is no reason to, no, even by the time, like, when pop figures, pop, Funko Pops, yeah, Funko Pops, when Funko Pops would, like, come out, I, there was already people, like, there were already a bunch of people saying, oh my god, this shit is so useless, why do people collect this? And now it's gotten a lot worse. Like, I'd see... <laughs> I don't mean to call out people like this, like, like ruthlessly, but there there were some students that I saw, like, during online classes, and I'd see them collect, like, all these fucking, like, towers of Funko Pops. And I still don't understand that whole trend. Like, maybe, yeah, like, collecting on the, on the, on the side of collecting you know i guess i'll understand it even though it's it's like a little fucking thing but at the same time i also feel like they also keep it because they're sort of like a they're sort of like a like a gambling side to it not gambling but there's sort of like a business ethic to it like i'm like really bad at finding words right now but yeah but sometimes funko pops depending on the figure some of them would like go from like when do what do Funko Pops actually like cost? I'm curious of that. Like Funko Pop uh, prices, price guide. Okay, well let's go with price guide. 
Pop price guide, everything Funko. Yay! I love Funko Pops, Baby Yoda. Okay. Um. Uh. Not really telling me. Uh. What's the usual price tag on on Funkos? Uh. Let's just go to images. Like, how much does a usual? Okay. How much does? How much does? How much are Funko Pops? Like, how much is the usual Funko Pop? Because I know they're at least twenty dollars. No, not even twenty. Like. At least like fucking you know like ten dollars. There, see, wow. Okay, I'm looking at here in, in um Amazon. I mean, some of them are not that bad, but the majority of them are in like the the the, the fifteen dollar range to twenty. So like that's what I'm talking about. Like most of them would like go from like being fifteen to fifteen to twenty dollars, and then as years go by, they suddenly would become like worth uh worth like a thousand, and it's just like. You know, like, and these, and these things are, like, so fucking useless. Like, even on the, even the, even on a meticulous level, like, like, the detail to it is just, like, when, see, when I see people, oh, man, this podcast is just gonna be me shitting on people, but when I see Funko Pops, and I see, you know, me, as a 15 year old again because for some reason there was something in my cognitive there was something cognitive that that I would buy Funko Pops because if you collected them you'd seem cool and on trend with culture you know that's what I that's 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 the thing that I didn't that I didn't recognize that was like in my conscience but I didn't really grab it so I feel like the majority of like the I feel like the majority of like mid 20 to 30 year olds who collect Funko Pops are just like that as uh, that I was of how I was 15 years old. So maybe it's a growth. Maybe it's an overdevelopment on their on their growth. <laughs> maybe they're still stuck as 15 in their 20s, but I don't know, that might be just me. But yeah, I'm a victim of my own hypocrisy, but I still keep them like just just for the themes because on my shelf here um for those who can see on my shelf there, like, I each shelf is, like, a, a theme of its own. So, like, I have my own Fallout theme there. And it's not even comprised of, like, Funko Pops. Like, I even threw some... No, I even have some Funko Pops I shoved in the closet because, wow, they're just so useless. Like, I don't know what's the whole craze. Like, maybe on the collecting side, sure. But still, I don't see, like, the whole appeal to Funko Pops. Like, they're little... I... I'm just looking oh my god I'm just looking at these fucking YouTube thumbnails of people like collecting these Funko Pops and they're exactly what like the memes would be all about where they'd like hold up the Funko Pop and be like and and, and I think back as well when they do those faces like that like I saw my I see myself like that when I was 15 years old you know like like there's still a child inside of them but we all have a child inside of us, but like, but not to that degree, you know what I mean? Like, not to where it's literally like taking over us in our conscience and in, our, in the way we act and behave, <laughs> you know? So I feel like these are those type of guys, those soy boys, like, you know? So, uh, for, for, for those who are only listening to audio, I'm just like doing the little soy boy face that they do where they like, literally fucking open their whole mouth like alien like <laughs> like like they see more <laughs> i gotta play my own <laughs> playing nintendo switch <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my. Oh my fucking god, like. <sighs> yeah, so I have a shitty setup <laughs> when it comes to podcasting. Um. You know, but obviously that'll change. Like this is just this is just my first episode. Every every person who's done podcasts come with a rough start. So I mean, we all come from somewhere, and we all start off in in each and every different way. And here I am being all humane while I'm like shitting on soy boys. But like soy boys, like I am not gonna be talking about soy boys for a whole segment, okay? <laughs> so yeah, coming back to the no, I'm like. Rec- Coopering myself of all the fucking things that I was saying, like, um, like, oh, why did I, like, I'm going all over the place, uh, so, yeah, um, the, 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 the story behind, um, why I named myself, um, the, or I named my, I named this podcast, uh, Isai Just Talks, was because, um, in my, like, junior to, it was either my, I felt like it was my junior year, but, um, when I was in theater, uh, I I remember someone specific. I don't remember. I think it was her. It was a she. I, I didn't remember it was a he. Cause to be honest, most of the people that were in theater were only there just to get their credits, not because they actually liked it either. <laughs> that's the funny part to me. Like I mean, it's it's like that every in every school. Like that's how the system works. But um, anyways, uh, uh, yeah. So I remember someone, and it was a particularly a her. And I remember like. Because I, I always remember in theater, I would always be talking about movies and sharing my movie knowledge, and that sort of be sort of led me to become sort of like a figure there in school that I was the one who knew all about movies, and then eventually, those who didn't know about movies would watch it because of me. So I was sort of like that guy in school. I was I was pretty well known from school, um, like, like like the other day I was um my dog was um. I thought my dog was, uh, he ran from home and I was, you know, walking all over and looking for him. And then there was these guys, you know, these, these kids hanging out the playground. They looked, you know, they I know they were like younger than me, but they were in the same high school as me. Um, y- you know, like they're like, sort of like the, the hype beasts, you know, the, like, yeah, bro. Like fucking, uh, for fucking... I got my dri- like ugh, I can't even do. My brain can't handle that right now. But um, but you know what I'm talking about. And they saw me, and they were like, "Hey, you that, you that kid, or no, you that guy, uh, <laughs> you that kid, you that no, I don't, I'm not. They didn't say you that kid. I'm not changing it just because I want to be a guy and not a kid. No, like they did say you that guy, you that guy, you that guy." That did all them plays in fair. Uh, that did all them plays in, in uh in that school, and I was like, yeah. He's like, shit, I remember. And he was like, to the other guy, shit, I remember this guy. He was, yeah, you were good at you. You were good at that shit. And I was like, thanks, thanks. And so like, I don't know. I was, I can't. I, I became sort of like a, like a figure in that um, in that school. But you know, it's not. It doesn't really matter. Like I feel like, it doesn't really matter. Everyone forgets you in high school. So after high school, I mean. So high school, high school's a high school was where the dark days. Like I was literally tricked into thinking that oh, high school will be an experience. Yeah, an experience to all things shitty. Like at least tell me it's an experience, meaning not in a positive manner, but 
in life experience negatively, sure. I fucking hate when people do that. Like, just be real to me. Like, just don't tell me this. Don't don't give me this, like, hippity-boppity-boo, like, happy, positive outlook on it. Just, just, just come back to reality to me. Like, just get, just level with me. Um... But yeah, but I would always be talking about movies and theater and like sharing people sharing shit and I'd always and I'd always attack people for their taste too. And I didn't I didn't I don't regret it. Like I fucking hated the kids' taste as movie in movies. It was all it was always like um but there were some that I that I knew that actually like liked in good movies like me. So there was some hope in humanity. You know, I had some hope left, but the majority of them were all just like Marvel uh, but, you know, what, what can I do? But, you know, and I remember as I was, like, saying, like, uh, I remember it was that particular day that I was, like, making fun of people who, like, who liked Black Panther and sometimes literally being shot down as a racist, even though that's not why I don't dislike the movie. I only dislike the movie because of the way it was made, not because of the, you know, stupid shit like that. What, what, what you what you typically hear from high schoolers like in this in this day and age but um uh so uh, yeah so um and then i remember i was and then i remember like someone next to her was like does, does he always talk like this and then and then and then she literally just goes isai just talks and now that i remember that i thought that should be the name of this podcast isai just talks and that's what I do. Isai just talks. And we'll talk about anything, whether it goes from very, very lighthearted or very serious. This is just me talking. Isai just talks. So, um, so really, um, I never really, I like, I, I, I'm still appreciative how you guys thought that I should make a podcast. Um, like I said, anyone can like come down, but I just wanted to do the first episode by myself and just sort of like get for the feel of doing podcasts again. I mean, when I did that podcast I mentioned uh, before, like I felt, I felt, you know, I felt I could do a podcast because I can just, you know, I could just sit there and talk to them like without, and sometimes I would, I would sort of just not recognize that I'm being recorded, you know, but just treat it as if it was a day-to-day conversation that you'd have in the diner or something, you know? And, um, so, uh, really, um, yeah, so really, I, I felt really, appre- I felt, I, I, I appreciated you guys that, uh, thought that I should do a podcast, and there was a majority of people who thought I should do a, a podcast, so, like, yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for letting this unstable boy be behind a microphone. <laughs> um... Yeah, speaking of that, I feel like some people who do podcasts, I feel like some people who do podcasts, like, there's, there's, there's some, like, underground podcasts who are, like, people who are, like, literally sharing their darkest secrets, like, fucked up people who are doing podcasts, and it should be concerning why they have podcasts in the beginning, I mean, but that's, that's everyone, Alex Jones, even though he's not really doing that thing anymore, and all these, like, you know, Steven Crowder, like Steven Chowder, whatever, whatever that fuck's name is, um, but I mean, like, 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 but I mean, like, people who have, like, murderous, ten, who have murderous tendencies, uh, like, I, like, I imagine this, um, I imagine this, uh, um, like, a murderer who's doing a podcast, like, telling his day-to-day of how he killed somebody, <laughs> yeah, I, I wanna, like, hear disturbing, 
excuse me they're disturbing podcasts here are my few favorite creepypastas no but it has to be like somebody who's like literally who's who's literally like disturbed behind the microphone that's what i'm talking about not 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 channels that are based on disturbing things i mean i mean people who are actually um messed up doing podcasts no i need that i I can't find that um yeah all of them are just giving me like podcasts that are like based on something disturbing but not someone who's like but not someone who's disturbing behind the microphone you know but you know whatever maybe i'll be the first (laughs) um but yeah um yeah, I had no idea of of uh, um, sort of. I had I I really like last. I I didn't have any like notion to do a podcast like so. The last podcast I did was for another ins was it was for an Instagram. Well, I mean I I posted also on my uh, YouTube as well, but it was also for my Instagram page that I had that was a. Uh, well, we're gonna get into that also, like, cause I have so much shit to say about that play, that community. Um, but it was it was a podcast meant for that um Instagram page and YouTube just for like the side of it, but mainly my um Instagram page, and that and that was just like interviewing people who were in the same community as mine and like telling and asking them like, oh, why do you why do you make this why do you make this uh, page and why you join this community and this and that. And I don't know if some people remember me from it, um, but it was Denis Villeneuve, uh, uh, Fan 53, which I will now get to with the Fan 53 shit because, oh my fucking god, I have so much shit to say about it. Um, so for those who knew me from Fan 53 or not, I was in this community called Fan 53 and um and really um fam 53 is like literally like sort of like a a community that's meme based in specific things mainly towards like towards the the inter like the media entertainment like uh so that people would make like specific memes towards like specific movies so like uh, some of them would make specific memes like toward towards a paul thomas anderson's movies or um some would make specific you know like it's like a community but you you'd have to like get it you know you just get it you just sort of get it so i mean it wasn't a very it's not a very large community it's pretty medium based because i've seen a lot of fucking fan 53s um so yeah it's basically you have your own instagram page and you 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 really and it's more like meant for comedic purposes as well like you'd um so let's say i have my own i mean really that's that's who i what that's what my page was all about Denis Villeneuve but I would make memes about Denis Villeneuve and his movies but at the same time there was like a weird there's like a weird um um admiration that that leads you to make those memes you know like you're sort of praising it you're praising it while you make memes out of it in a weird way of praising it you know what I mean like it's 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 kind of like if you (laughs) it's hard to like tell it to people who don't know what fan 53 is but like but like um but eventually like the more and more you look at their pages and, and their memes like it's kind of like you know it's a little obvious but uh, basically um yeah so i was i was one of them like i'm not anymore i mean i really i made the whole page for fun 
because um i'm not sure if many of you know who that page is but um there's this fan 53 page that's like pretty 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 has a huge following now and his uh his name's toby mcguire fan 53 and um i think i think he's funny um i mean like movie tastes wise like i've got a few things to say <laughs> but 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 he's i mean to be honest now the when i look at at some of his memes today like it's just sort of like falling off like I, he was fuck he was pretty funny like there were some memes that he'd make and they just seem like really they were they were really funny like like exp, like showing up on the explore page like level of funny but now it just sort of feels like he's falling off and like just making like mediocre like I'm saying I'm I'm like I'm criticizing it as if making memes is like an art form, but it's really not. And that's the thing, and that makes me come back to what I what I have to say about Fantasy Three is that every fucking person that I've ever met, not 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 so like, if I if you know me, like I, there's some people that are actually like good people from Fan Fifty Three, and you know who I'm talking to, or you know. Yeah, you know I'm talking to you. Like, there's actually some people who are decent on um on Fan Fifty Three, but there but the majority of that of people that I've met were just so were so parasitic. They they thought there was there was like some sick idea that that was like that would circle around in the Fan Fifty Three. Literally, Fan Fifty Three. Even though I was a part of it, at at some points, Fan Fifty Three would just literally be a bunch of like. Oh man, this is fucked up because there's some people I know from Fantasy 3 that I still talk to and I really don't mean to you. I really don't mean to like I really don't mean it to to those who I'm talking about. But 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 on the overview of it, like on the generalization of it, like I felt like Fantasy 3 was like full of it was comprised of fucking like overweight nerds who thought if they made just one meme that they thought like a little small meme idea that they deserve all the fucking credit and like deserve all the fuck you know like it, it felt like a very narcissistic community making shit that was already like making shit that's so easy to make you know like like they just like for example like i would see posts where it would be a, a, a particular actress like because fancy 3 was all about that like it'd be either a page about your favorite like it would be like for example, what's her fucking name um on the Queen's Gambit? Uh Anna Taylor whatever. Was it Anna Taylor? That'd be Anna Taylor. Um yeah, Anna Taylor Joy and it'd be like, you know, Anna Taylor Joy uh underscore fan fifty three or whatever. And they and they literally what all they would do is like get like a single picture of her from like a frame from like Queen's Gambit or whatever other movie like snatch or no not snatch snatch um um fuck what was that what was that movie holy shit i'm like not split split there you go split you know either split the witch uh the queen's game she hasn't actually been in a lot of uh st- oh yeah you never mind she has but not not stuff that well i didn't i never really i never really looked into her filmography i only knew her from like three four movies but um but yeah, but they would get like a single picture of her from like um from from a single frame of from Queen's Gamut, and then just put an impact thought that says "puckers," <laughs> like, and they would have the audacity as well to put like a watermark of their of their of their IG name, and and it'd just be so fucking stupid. It's not even funny either, like. 
sometimes I just feel like I'm not that brain dead to the point, like, you know, like, I just don't, I just don't understand that whole, that's why at times I just felt like, man, I just really need to leave this community, it's fucking stupid, why did I join it? Not even stupid in, like, in a funny, like, ah, that's so stupid, that's funny, not, not, I'm, like, I'm in genuinely, like, really stupid, but, um, but yeah, shit like that, where it's just so, like, you can do it, everyone can do it, but, but they believe that if you, if they were the first to do that, that, that should have them get all the credit, you know, because, wow, no one else thought that but me, it's like a very downhanded version of, of, like, I, I just really can't fucking compare it to anything. It's just like that's how, that's how much anyone can do it. But they believe there's this like the sick idea that they believe that if they make um, if they make this like one s- stupid ass meme like from like one particular movie or actor, that that should give them like you know, all the, all the you know credit for it. But it's just I don't know like, and I met and I met so many people. For, from fan 53 they were just so like parasitic like they were just like literally eating off of each other just so they can get more followers than the other and it's just like and and, and there were some like recently that i remember that there was some like weird guy um he, i don't know if they called i don't know if he was a pedophile or not but he i remember he was like a sexual hor- he was sexually like harassing somebody and like it was a whole it's a whole fucking mess and now like i don't even like I just, I, I still, I still follow, like, shit, like, I still follow some of them because I knew them personally, and there's some, like, that I actually find funny, but, you know, you're resharing shit that, that's what comes back to me, like, going, like, do, should meme creators be, like, certified as, like, artists, because I really hope we don't get to that point, because from far, from how far we've gone with things becoming, like, so goddamn stupid, like, uh, you know, like, like putting, putting like really shitty rappers on like Genius, where they just say like shit like, and somehow that's put on Genius, and somehow that that those lyrics are like speaking philosophical levels. You know, you know what I mean. Throughout like the past like three years, like there's been so much dumb shit, and I just really hope we don't get to a point like that where we consider, no matter how good how good are they are they're at editing. No matter how good at, I mean, they can literally do edits that aren't, you know, that aren't really meme related. Yeah, like, cause you do those memes for fun. Like, I thought making memes was for fun, not not treating it like it's a fucking business. Because there's some pages that I would see that would like would be like DM for business inquiries, and I'm like, what? You're you're just a meme page owner. You're not. It's fucking Amazon. Like, it's not Tesla. You're just just making memes you know just just stupid shit like that and 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 sometimes it it get to a point where it just really boils my blood because it just like there's just it's just so numbingly dumb like it's just you know like it's just so dumb that it just sort of numbs your brain from just how dumb it is and it's hard to like to really it's really hard to just like um operate function normally when it's just that numbingly dumb and numbingly stupid you know like it numbs your senses you know <sighs> but um that's my two cents to say about faith fan 53 um i really fucking hate that i mean i don't i don't hate it hate it but there's just like 
the majority of people that I knew from Vam Two Three Three were just always like self centered fuckbags. Just kids who thought like if they made just one dumbass meme where they just put puggers on some actress's face or something, like they think that you really thought you did shit. Did you really think that you like did you really think that you put us a step forward into human like into mankind? Like are you really thinking that? Like fuck off. Fucking idiot. Seriously, like shut up. Like people who do that shit, I I just know that if I were in the high school with them, I just know that when I see them post that shit, and I look up from my phone, and I see them sitting by themselves in the cafeteria table, I know that. I know deep, I know well enough inside of me that that's really how it is. And that's sad. I mean, I don't like sitting by myself by the, you know, in cafeteria, even though that was most of the time. <laughs> but yeah, coming with that, I, I just kind of want to stop talking about Fan 53. Um... But yeah, Fan Fifty Three wasn't really a great place because I'd always um because I'd be one of the people, and it also like would it personally frustrate me when I'm like when I'd notice that I'd put more efforts into like making memes, and I wouldn't, and when I and when I'd make those memes, I wouldn't think that I should be credited, but I but I'd want to be at least recognized that I'm not just putting puggers in some like stupid fucking image. Like I'm actually like putting some effort to like be a meme, you know. Like, the memes that we know today were, like, because memes back then just used to be like that, because that was sort of an introduction to it. But now it's getting a little more, it's a, it's evolved a little more, and now it's, like, getting more a little, like, a little more technical, like, technically, uh, you know, it's been more upped technically, and, uh, but it's still funny, it still carries the meme effect, and that's what I wanted to do. Because I, I did it for fun, and, but I didn't do it, like, where I thought, like, oh, DM me if, DM me if you want to, you know, credit my meme, like, you know? But when you, but I understand that when you put a lot of work into it, especially when it's like so demanding, like when it comes to like editing, like you'd want to be credited because you'd want to be seen for your efforts. There's like some deep, I'm burping a lot on this podcast, excuse me. Um, there's like this deep psychological thing that kind of clicks when you, you, you're aware that you, you placed a lot of effort into that meme that you made. And and you'd st- and you wanted to be credited because you don't want it um you don't want to be you don't want to feel unseen you know you don't want to feel um you don't want to feel like you did that for nothing you know and people don't know you know who it's from you know because that that can take you out like really mentally because like all that hard work for nothing because some of them can be like kind of demanding like if you really wanted to like and that's the thing like. You don't really, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't have to be that way, like, I mean, I like, I mean, (laughs) man, the fact that I'm gonna make this all in, (laughs) I'm gonna put some, like, philosophy into, like, memes and why it shouldn't be, (laughs) I'm not trying to do that, but I'm just saying, like, memes, whether, whether you make a meme that's simple or difficult, like, just don't treat it like it's business. You're doing it for fun. Just please, that's that's all that matters in the end. Just please don't treat it like it's fucking business or I will literally fucking make you, like... I will literally, like, bully you till you die. Because <laughs> seriously, I hate those sort of people. It's it's annoying. It's, it's very annoying. I mean, sure, just to credit, like... Just, if you really want to be recognized for, like, your uh, capabilities for editing, then, yeah, sure, like, get credited for it, but, like, 
but you know just don't don't act like you're gonna act, get, like build a career out of this like this it's so dumb but uh but on the side of it as well like if you're really good at editing and especially when it comes to memes then you could like head into somewhere like you know you can edit for like a commercial or something you know not not just something where people would watch it for like five seconds. It's like literally men. It's literally five seconds, ten seconds of it, and then people laugh and they're like ha ha ha, and they just go on with their day. You know, like it has to be like something. I mean, that's that's commercials as well. But you know what I mean? Just something that's not reduced to that level of of worth as as memes are. You know, but um, yeah. But uh, coming back to uh, <laughs> I was gonna talk about high school. Um, the hell? Hold on, excuse me, because I don't know if, uh, oh, well, actually, hold on. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't know if, uh, hold on. Fucking, ugh, I didn't think about this. Because I'm using Audacity. Yeah, I really need to, like, um, I really need to, like, uh, let, 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 let me just stare at it here and see if it lowers down the the fucking um the uh the space on my computer yeah my, my the space the space i have left on my computer is ridiculous in my local disc you know the main disc like there's so much little space left it's ridiculous i don't know what's like covered like i've deleted everything that i could think of but i don't know what's like i really don't know what's like keeping all that space up it's like really weird but um Okay, so it is my local... Okay. Uh, yeah, give me a second, guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. Finally, I got that out of the way. Ah, the technical... Technical, technical bullshit. Um, uh, yeah, like, there was... I didn't know... I forgot, because I haven't used Audacity in such a while, so, like, I didn't know that, um... That while you're recording... That it wouldn't, it, that it would take up space as you're recording. So like, the, it's, it's the session data. So like, now I can just put it on my hard, I can just put it on my hard drive and like, you know, so I don't have to work because my hard drive has so much more space than the the main disk, which is like, I guess it's funny, but yeah. Um, coming back to like what I was wanting to talk about. Um, yeah, high school is not, it was not fun at all. Um, so like I said with my podcast and all we'll talk about anything this is Isai just talks I'm just talking I'll, I'll literally talk about anything that comes to mind even if I feel like if it's something that just happens like you know that just happens like within the next day and I feel like it's needed to be talked about so like you know it's just a day-to-day things almost but like I don't want it to be, be like I don't want it to be like oh so I had a sandwich like today and uh, no like there's some podcasts who do that and I'm just like yeah, I need to take away. Uh, yeah, I need to. Yeah, yeah, I need to. I need to take away the the podcast away. I need to take away the microphone from you. Like we, that's not a. I don't care what you say. If I'm like forcing on shit, no, that is not the way to do it. Um. But yeah. Uh, sorry, I was like texting. Um. Bill Maher today. My said my dad says no. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> um. Yeah, coming back. Uh, high school is not easy at all for me. 
because if you want to know me, like if you want to get to know me per right like now, um, if you want if you want to get to know me now, like, um, my name's Isai. As this as as it comes as it <laughs> as it goes up to my name as Isai just talks. My name is Isai or Isai, whatever you want to say. And um. And uh, and like um. And really, and I'm twenty, and I'm twenty years old. Recently, just turned twenty, like a few months ago, like a few months ago. And um. And the thing that I never really share, I mean, for those who like know me on my main Instagram page, which I will also post my podcast on. Like I said, I'll be posting my podcast main like on my main Instagram page and on my YouTube channel and on my uh on the Spotify page for this podcast. So, um Yeah, so really I'm I'm twenty years old. my name's Isai or Isai, however you want to pronounce it. People usually pronounce it Isai because it's a little easier. And it's kinda of like the Asian beer, Asahi, but just Isai, you know, so that's my name. Don't worry it out. Um, and really, um, and I never, because like I was saying, if you know me by my Instagram page, is that I'm not really, I'm not really, um, who's not, who's not, who's normal nowadays, but I'm not really the levels of not normal i'm like kind of really off the edge of not normal i'm like on on the unstable levels of (laughs) because if if you really want to get to know me and so we can kind of like get past that um i i uh i suffer i suffer with um with chronic depression or just depression i mean i i usually suffer with it so i guess well it's chronic depression there was never really a name for it i just know that i suffer with depression but the more I kind of like try to like recognize recognize for myself, it could I feel like it may be chronic depression. But yeah, I suffer as well as that. Uh, I I suffer with severe anxiety disorders, and I also suffer with uh, schizobipolar. It's you 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 kind of you kind of um you kind of it's it's like this. You kind of put bipolar and schizophrenia. And you fucking it in a blender. You you butt fucking in a blender, and it just makes it just gives you both of the ba- both of the worst worlds, you know, if that makes sense. So it's literally just both schizo and bipolar com- conjumbled up into one thing, and it's just the it's the absolute worst. It's the worst, and it really makes day to day things harder than they should be. Um, so I suffer with that, and I know some of you kind of know known that already, and um. And, and I also, I don't really say I suffer with it, but I have, and I, I don't care if I say this and I get memed on or whatever, like, hey, like, you have Asperger's, because when I, when people, the way I see it, like, the much, the, the, like, I know, like, I really, I, I know I fuck around a lot and I make fun of people and this and that, but when it comes to, like, that, that small area where you make fun of people with, like, disabilities like that, like, with Asperger's or Down syndrome, I just feel like you have a lot of shit inside of you that makes you feel better to make people to make fun of people who are way unless less unfortunate or no who are way unfortunate than you are like that just tells me a lot that there's just a lot that 
e- that's eating inside of you that that gives you the feeling of the right to like make fun of people like that and i'm one of them i'm one of them i'm i'm not down syndrome i mean you can't can't really can't really i mean obviously i'm not um but uh but i i have uh asperger's which is sort of um in the spectrum of of autism so i don't i mean it's not like i don't have extreme autism where i can't like speak or whatever you know but but i have asperger's and it's in that it's in that you know, it's in that spectrum. Like, there's no out, there's no, it's nothing else. It's no way, no other way to put it. So, with Asperger's, though, like everybody knows the other disorders that I have. You know, dis- depression, anxiety. You know, it's all that shit's been put in. All that shit's been memed on at this point, and 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 put on bandwagons just for people to feel like they're 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 quirky and unique in some way. It's a sick. It's a sick. It's such a sick. Um, it's so sick for people to do that to think it's like a personality choice no it's not it's 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 ridiculous to me but um but that's kind of the way it's been like for a few years now but um but with asperger's not many people really know how it works but basically i guess the way i'll put it i mean sometimes it's hard to like know Sometimes, and that's and that's also what comes with um, having a manic disorder like schizobipolar, and and um, really sometimes it's hard to like. Sometimes I don't even know who I am. Sometimes you know it's really hard to like sort of uh, sort of say who I am because most of the time I dissociate, and when you dissociate, you kind of like pull away from reality your your headspace is really not in reality and, and you're sort of like and all of these things come f- rushing in like a wave and flowing in and you and you start having these 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 ideas that can go from paranoid to like total fantasy and you know it's just the whole the whole mess and um and so i dissociate from time to time i mean i i dissociate like usually but I try my best to sort of like stay grounded. Um, but being an actor doesn't really help, does it? I mean, actually, sometimes I feel like being an actor kind of helps because with this association, that's kind of like a, it's kind of like a plus, like a like an advantage for me. But at the same time, it's not a healthy thing. <laughs> that makes sense. Both Aspergers. Um, I'm I'm gonna try my best way to like describe. Because, like I said, like I just said now, like, it's hard for me to, to just, like, say who I am. For all I know, I feel like I might suffer also with, like, some identity disorder where I can't even able to, like, really say exactly. And I just feel like, and maybe I feel like that kind of, like, plays into my, into having Asperger's. But basically, when you have Asperger's, you are more socially awkward and you can't it it makes things harder for you to function socially like things like having eye contact towards people or or knowing what to say exactly and having a hard time putting words together which i still struggle with to this day it's it's very hard and um and you also um and you also you also tend to get you t- you also get you also tend to get very like obsessed with particular things and you and it it becomes very intense when you when you um 
when you get hooked on with like some subject or 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 movie or 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 you know anything that any little thing like even if it's like sometimes i feel like even if it's a like cars like anything any object any idea any concept like you can get hooked on and get be obsessed with like unlike unlike people without it like you can like they like it but they don't constantly like think about it and talk about it you know and that's sort of like for 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 people like me for people who have Asperger's that's sort of like what we do and it's funny to me sometimes because um I'm up so I'm ups, I'm so obsessed with things and yet somehow I'm able to like recognize that I do it but still I do it without knowing I am doing it it's it's really weird the it's it's really weird but it's that's not really a problem like I I love when I get I loved when I get I love when I get really hooked up on things like I for those who know me like I to this day I never stop talking about Blade Runner I love Blade Runner so much um that's like the one that's like the one thing that I've talked about for like so long and sometimes it can take up for years for you to like not be obsessed with it anymore it'll take years even to for it to die out so like it's not really an issue it's not really something serious but at the same time like it could be a problem for some people who don't understand you know because obviously people would want to like talk about something else you know not be stuck on one thing but for me personally i feel um i feel that when i get obsessed with one thing i feel i feel like there's no bad when it obviously obviously on the outside obviously there's going to be some some negatives towards it because people are not going to want to hear me talk about it all the time and this and that or hear me like be so you know intense of how i describe how great this thing is or whatnot but only for like but for me personally just me i feel like um um that i that when I get obsessed with one thing, I like I really look deep into it. I really like I really unravel the shit out of it, and um and I get so like I get so deeply into like details and and like even when it's not in the even when it's not in the product, like I start thinking on my own part and like start relating to it and seeing like oh this relates to this one thing and that's you know like I really like I it's like I'm studying for it like it's like I'm a scientist and I'm studying this this like thing you know that's how i sort of treat it like with blade runner there's like so much i know about blade runner that i didn't really need to know about it but i wanted to know about it it just really depends it's it's weird because there's some people oh man this really sucks about having like that's the part that i that sucks about having with asperger's like because i don't like when i kind of like but people are still people, though. Like, even if they have Asperger's or not, they're still people. There's, there's, they should be still, they should be still available to be open to con to criticisms and whatnot. You know, it just only matters like how they'll take it. But, um, but, but there's like so. For example, there's some people with Asperger's like me who are like into like comic books and shit. And you know, me personally, I'm like, ugh. You know, but, but, you know, but then again, like, I see myself liking, it. it's not necessarily like, um, 
it's not necessarily a comic book thing, or it's, it's not necessarily, like, this huge thing that everybody likes around the fucking world at this point, and it's, like, mark, marketalized, market, and it's now in the marketing, like, capital, like, you know, like, it's not a huge thing, but I understand where they come from when they get so obsessed, even if it's, like, something, like, so well-known today, but still, like, there's just some part of me where I'm just, like, oh, I'm so mad because they, like, this thing but i'm just so obsessed about this one thing that no one else knows but me but at the same time i just like i'm just like you know i'd be very happy to just like tell someone all about it with all the things that i know about like blade runner you know so um so like really um so, sorry i'm just i saw things on like discord i'm like what the fuck is this why are you saying uh, but um um yeah so like that's that's who i am hi guys <laughs> that's who i am and i um and i've and i'm also uh i've done this a lot before and i never really shared it as well but i'm also i i, I kind of i'm kind of a spokesperson for people who suffer with um mental you know illnesses and people who are just really in a low place. And and I was even offered in my senior year. I remember this kid who was like, he might have been sophomore year. But his name was Nate. His name was Nate. And he uh, he, he, he took me up on this offer that, uh, that there's this like event going on where it's like, it was for mental awareness. It was where it was mental awareness, uh, mental awareness month. And mental health awareness month yeah that was really hard to put it together for some reason um but it was mental aware mental health awareness month fuck um and uh he took me up on this offer to like be a spokesperson you know because he knew that you know as much as i there was some things about him that i just kind of like was like Ugh. but i mean he was a decent kid i mean not someone i'd wanted like like, I have nothing personal against that kid. Like, I don't know where he is today, but... But he was really talented. That kid was really talented. He could, like, play... Ugh. Man. See, that's the thing with this podcast. Like, I'm going to be talking about a lot of personal things. So, like, if that's... Like I said, the door is always open. You know, like, if... um, If there's just some things you guys don't want to... Like, I don't care. Like, it's like with every other podcast. Like, people come in. People drop out. You know, like, I don't... I'll just be here talking about my stuff. So if you want to listen, you know, I'll, I'll share and we'll be here talking about it. But, um, but yeah, he took me up on this offer that I'd be, a uh, a, a spokes because he knew, cause he knew that I was like, cause I helped him at points. I helped him like get him out of like days where he was just really, just really, really low. Like there was days where he was just like, he just didn't want to deal with anything and he just didn't, he just only wanted to shut himself in out shut himself in and um and he he knew like i could just i was i'd be good for that and uh and i didn't even think that was just him saying that either i felt like there were other people that that he he mentioned about me to them and he thought that and they thought that i should be uh i should sort of be involved and so i guess they like told him to tell me so but i didn't want to take it because at the time like i was like really stressed and i knew that if like not stressed, like, that I was taking an offer to, like, to, like, do, like, this, I don't know if it was motivational talk, but I know it was something where I'm, like, sharing my own story, and I'd want people to, like, be aware, so a spokesperson, but, 
but I knew, but not stressed because of that, but I was just stressed with other things that were going on at home and, you know, in my own life and like, uh, and I just knew that if I were to go in there with that head state, I just know it wouldn't end well. So like, um, but that's the irony though. I mean, it's a, it's a place of mental health awareness. So like people would understand, but still, I don't want it to like end on, I didn't want it to end on that note. You know, I wanted to like, I, if I could, I would have taken it if I were in the, if I were in an okay head state and just ended strong so that people would leave and feel, you know, like every spokesperson's, um, um, you know, every, every spokesperson's sort of like goal near the end of every talk. So like, um, so it should be. So, um, yeah, but that kid was very talented. He was able to play, uh, um, melodies from like songs into a P like into the piano and he wouldn't even need the, like the sheet for it. Like he just straight up like memory. He had a great memory. He has a great memory. He's still alive. <laughs> I'm saying it like he's dead, but no, he's he he's really good with the piano. Um, I'm remembering what else he was good with that. I just remembered he was. I just remembered he had these like big eyes and like with his like glasses, and he was a small thing, <laughs> but um, but he was really talented. Um, and coming back to that, high school was not easy at all for me or school in general still isn't for me it still isn't like it's it's very hard even for someone like me it's just it's very hard when i just and i wish it wasn't like that but you know what can you do um but yeah high school is very hard i uh, i think it was a lot more harder than my elementary years but uh high school was a lot more hard uh, a lot harder because uh um long I feel like I'll be talking about this like in another uh episode but um yeah long story short um basically through my like freshman year to my senior year I really I was I really didn't really I didn't really stuck I didn't really stay around in a normal campus for long like I I senior year like no sophomore year like that was the one year that I was able to like stay for like a whole year like you know, and I don't know how I pulled that off, but I somehow did. And, uh, I still kind of, I still try to like pat my back for my, pat on my own back for that. Um, but because that was, because see, I went into my, I went into, oh, that was, it's goddamn horrible. Um, I went into my freshman year, but it wasn't at a regular campus. It was at a an alternative school, and I was very I was super exposed to alternative schools and the way they work. And oh my god, is it so fucking bad! In my senior year, though, no the 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 alternative school that I went to, it was very fun. It was very, I felt very safe, and I felt very you know cared for. So you know, I felt I, I'm very like I'm still grateful that I was able to go into that school in my senior year. It was it was a more it was a more um, controlled environment, and it was more like like a school would be, you know, even though there were still kids like me who had problems, but still, but no, but the ones that I went to in my freshman year, mainly in my freshman year and in my junior year, those were the most, those were the worst parts of my like high school days. Um, but I don't want to get into that deeply because, uh, there's a, there's so many stories I could tell you guys about like what, what went on in those places, but but yeah, I didn't start off school. I didn't start off school like um 
No, I didn't start off school uh, normally in, in my freshman year. I was I, I was just since, and that's funny. Before that, in my eighth grade year, in my eighth grade year, that was the first time I went into an alternative school. And after my eighth grade year, I went back into another alternative high school, but it was an alternative high school. So I've been so really most of the environment I've been in was was alternative schools and like that's like sort of and that's still like how I I kind of like um I'm surprised of how uh I'm surprised how I was able to pull off sophomore year in junior year I I was almost able to like go through it go through a whole year in school but then like I remember it was after Christmas that uh I went into an alternative school and spent like the last uh five months in, a, in an alternative school but you know and then in my senior year like oh god like in the beginning year that was oh man that was really bad that was really really bad I was in no state to be in there it was it was drama with some people that I knew but mainly the, you know that's high school like you'd have drama with people but 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 mainly the whole thing was just me mentally like I was really not in a good mental state and so I just really needed to be away and I'm kind of glad that I was away because sadly um the way high school ended was that um was that uh the people from the original school that I knew of you know where I took theater and this and that the people that I knew of just really forgot about me like straight away you know they just really forgot about me and um didn't want anything to do with me even though even though they said to me exactly that they'd want to be there for me as I would as well and and help me and this and that and, and immediately after school they just didn't want anything to do with me. So I, I was hurt a lot in that school. Like not like not like oh I had bad grades. Ah like no, not that shit. No, not that stupid shit. Like petty shit. Just things that was super really just just really like it really attacked me. Like it it really just hurt. Um you could say that it's petty shit, you know. You could say that it's petty shit, like oh, it's just it's just teenagers and shit. It's just teenagers doing teenage shit. But no, it 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 felt more personal than just like oh, you did you you cheated on my man or or you took my man like all that stupid shit. No, I meant it, it felt really personal towards me. And there were people, and there were people there who would really want me to die. Really, on in high school, there were there were people who actually wanted me to die, and that's okay. I mean, I, I mean, I, I would tell them as well, hey, I want to die too, so, you know, <laughs> but no, but there were people who really disliked me, and that, not because of just me, but because of what I was able to do, and, and somewhere inside of them that kind of made them envious, but that's just, that's the typical story, like, some, when people get envious, they kind of just, like, lash out and just kind of, like, do things they don't really mean to do, I guess, but... When I think of that now, I I remember this girl that uh, that I knew in theater who uh, who said that I'm like I'm the reason why people kill themselves, and I'm like, who are you? She was like this little short like blonde girl, and I'm like, who are you? Like, bitch, you're you're like, um, first of all, like, if I really like if. <laughs> You're not, I'm not gonna give thought into that stupid fucking remark, like, but if I'm really, like, that's, I don't even care if, like, if I'm in it, but, like, the fact that you, 
you know, like, and, and I'm, and, and she was well aware of like my problems and just, you know, that was just very like, and that little shit is still getting away with like people with that little shit was that little shit is now like getting away with like having like friends and shit. But you know, you know, it takes, it takes a shitty person to know a shitty person. So of course she'd had friends because because uh, a lot of the majority of people are just really shitty people, so <laughs> it's getting really dark here. Um, uh, yeah, but oh, sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah, I'm getting a lot of burps today. I, I ate pizza and shit. Oh, now hiccups. Great, the the great the great duo hiccups and burps. Oh yeah, since uh, since since day one of being bab- Babu a baby, the the hiccup and burp uh, duo, the great duo. Glad you guys can hear that in this high, high HD <laughs> mic, the ASMR quality. Yeah, but high school is not fun at all, and uh, and I feel like I'll talk about that some other day. But uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I I, I don't imagine like I kind of imagine like uh. My podcast, like when it's just me, I kind of imagine it just being only a, a, uh, an hour or so, like you know, like a an hour and a half. Like I don't imagine it being like any longer than that, cause like Jesus Christ, when I'd see podcasts like that when they're like almost like four hours, like I'm like Jesus, you might as well go to therapy or something or go outside, like if you have that much shit to say, <laughs> you know. But um, but yeah. Uh, I, I also wanted to, uh, get around, um, I also wanted to get around to it, uh, here, let me just set this down, because I need two of my hands to it, uh, a very special person of mine bought me something that she shouldn't have, <laughs> she really should, I really wanted it, and, like, I was so bummed when I knew I didn't have any money on me, and that was really hard to, like, walk away from it, but she was very nice, so nice to like buy me it and I still feel guilty as of today uh, she bought me it yesterday and I still feel I still feel very guilty of like of her like buying it for me but um but but it's considered as a as a late birthday gift since like my birthday was like what five months ago right uh one two three four five yeah five five months ago so um so it's I guess now it's considered a late birthday gift. Since I mean, cause we started talking around that time, so like you know. Um. But yeah, no, yeah. I'm sh- to be honest with you guys. Like as I've mentioned with like, the part of dissociate. Like I just remembered now. Like the part with dissociation. Also, I don't know if that's in correlation to it, but I've recently started to begin noticing that I'm losing track of time not like not like because like oh i'm late for this meeting and i forgot bye no not like not like that like like things even if it's like things that like uh if i was talking to that certain person but i don't remember what month you know i'm like losing track of time like almost like i'm losing memory you know it almost feels like that like i'm losing memory because for me i usually tend to remember a lot of things but for some reason like I would lose, uh, I would lose track of time of, like, people that I talked to, and, like, when did I talk to them, you know, but, like, anyways, um, uh, 
I need to like try um this is gonna be this is gonna end up being a really depressed uh, podcast. But uh god my hair is really messed up. For those who are only listening through audio on Spotify or something, um but if you're watching on YouTube and if you're watching on YouTube, YouTube and in Instagram, like I feel very sorry for you. My hair is like a mess right now. I, I tried like gelling it in a in the certain style that I always do, and for some reason today it's just not working. Okay, that's sort of what I wanted. This is gonna be a whole segment of me just like trying to figure out. Doing my hair only takes like a minute, really. But but nowadays it's kind of like. For some reason, it's, it's now taking me, like, two or three minutes. Like, no, I don't want to end up like those boys. Like, babe, wait, I'm taking, I'm doing my hair. It'll take, like, ten minutes. Like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like that. Um, yeah, but she bought me this when she shouldn't have. And, um, here, I gotta sit it down. And, guys, look at this. I, I don't know if it's, like, the camera for me is reversed, but I don't know if you see this. And for those who are listening through audio, this thing is the all-be-all when you're a Blade Runner fan. It is the all-be-all. This is all you need as a Blade Runner fan. And I was so happy when she bought it me, and I was so happy. Like, I, I, I remember seeing this before, like, and I was just like, oh, man, I really wish I could have that. And now I, I have it, and it's just... And this was in Zia Records. I don't know if you guys would Zia, know what Zia Records is, but it's like basically a whole. It's almost like a warehouse. Almost, it's like built like a warehouse, not like a warehouse where it's just like random shit stacked on each other. But I mean, like you know what I mean, like the size of it. And it's really like this whole place filled with like pop culture shit, from like DVDs of movies to like to video games like of like cases like like really like it's almost like retro it's all retro retro based in, in like pop culture really and and i was walking like through the the and i was walking through like the action figures in the back like if you guys ever known like if you guys ever been to zia records like it's not like a it's not like a hot to- it's not like a hot topic a small ass hot topic where you can like see like whatever is in front of you like really in zia records you have to get deep into it you have to like really look into like the the corners of like what's there to have like there's it goes from dvds to vinyls like a whole ass rolls whole ass roll uh roll rows whole ass rows of of vinyls like from like old school artists to like now recent art i don't know what's the i don't know what's the point i don't care if you're like one of those people who like force the like oh i'm so vintage like agenda but I don't understand the whole, like, trend of, like, putting recent artists into vinyls. I don't. I really don't understand. Vinyls are a time of, of when it was made, okay? You don't need to make fucking Cardi B into a vinyl. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but rows of vinyls, action figures, um, and, and the, there's, like, a video game section, like, it has N64 controllers and shit. It's all retro-based, almost, like, but there's still, there's, like, a mix, it's, like, a mesh of, like, the, of, like, today, of modern shit and retro. It's, like, really cool. And I, as I was walking through, like, through the action figure, uh, sec- part of it, um, I then saw, like, this, like, little, like, this little cabinet of, like, a, of collectors, of collector editions of, like, from, like, Seinfeld 
to, uh, I think it was Twilight Zone I saw there. I don't know. But, see, I don't know because I was mainly focused into this. I was so focused. I was, like, I was literally, like, walking, like, I was literally locking, like, seeing that. And I saw, oh, cool, Seinfeld. That's when I saw this. 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 And the fact is also is that the original price was cut, which was originally 100 and now it was $30, and I was like, I need that. I need it. I don't care what you say. I need it. Because I've always wanted this collect uh, collector's uh, uh, edition of the first Blade Runner. I always did. Um, when I saw it, it would include... Uh, you'll, I'm not going to spoil it right now. But when I saw it, I was just like... Literally, I was like walking past and I was like, oh, cool. Stosif. You know, like... like you know, it's just... Oh yeah, is it? Like, like oh, this thing literally, like, like literally in the red font, like a Blade Runner, you know, Harrison Ford, Blade Runner, and I was just like, mm, my God, like, whoa, like, and and I saw like what it included it with, and I was just like, oh my God, and and especially since it was thirty dollars as well, like I was like. And it was the only one there at Zia Records. The only one. The only collector's edition. And I was just like, I need it. And I was so sad. And I was so sad to, uh, to, um, I was so sad with her. I was just like, I need this thing. I need it. And she was like, do you have, do you have, uh, I think it was, no, I think, I don't think it was $30. It was $40, but still it was pretty good as for a deal. She's like, do you have $40? And I was like, no. <laughs> and I had to forcefully walk away from it i was just like god she could have been my mom at that point like she could have just dragged me away and i'd be like i need it you know like when the fucking kids are like being dragged out of like the candy store like that was me but with this but she then wanted to buy it for me and i was just like oh no you can't you can't she was like yeah i'll buy it for you it's okay i'll buy it and then i was just like so i can it was just like, yeah, go ahead. And I was like a little kid. I was literally a little kid. I was running for that thing. I was literally I was literally a, a little kid. And for me, I don't really like get you know, I don't really get excited for like like soy boys do when they're running for their like Nintendo Switch and their like greasy ass Mario shirt and shit. But like but like for me when it's something like this, you know, when it's something that's really because Alright, for those, I feel like, alright, <laughs> before I even talk about how I love this thing already, I feel like there are those right now who are, like, listening right now and be like, so, what's the difference between the soy boys who get excited of getting their, their Nintendo Switches and shit and their Funko Pops to you getting this, you know, this, this product of Blade, see, no, there's a major difference, and, and if you know that, like, if you know the meme at least, then you obviously miss the point. What's and that and that's not just me trying to like cover my ass. Like I'm literally saying it as it is. Like, um, soy boys only get excited uh, for products for just being products. It's not directly because it's their passion. It's because it 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 kind of just it kind of just ugh, there, there's a real disadvantage when like I said that I can't really put words together when i said of having asperger's and i can't really put words together right like people can man this is such an, a disadvantage for me but um but yeah but when soy boy it's really soy boys only just buy to buy you know not because it's directly 
relating to the to the passion they have or to something that you know like it's just really like it's just childish satisfaction that's the best way i can put it it's childish satisfaction so um but no but like with this this is directly like going to like what i'm really passionate about and like i will say it always 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 blade runner was one of the movies but one of the top movies it's 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 the one movie like, I could say all the other movies that, like, got me into wanting to make movies, but this is the one movie that really got me into wanting to make movies. And I'm not the only person who would want to make movies. I'm not the only person who says that. Like, fucking already made, me already made directors, like, like obviously, Denis Villeneuve and, and Christopher Nolan. The ones who are, like, mainly, like, sci-fi, um... The ones who are mainly sci-fi, uh... Uh, what do you call that word? Um, where they're like, um, sort of, God, man, podcasts are not meant for me if I can't put together words. Um, uh, oh, I just had the word. Oh, man. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. Denis Villeneuve and Christopher Nolan obviously are pioneers of sci-fi. So obviously that's why they, uh, they, they love Blade Runner. But, but it's not just them. It's not just them as directors love, that love Blade Runner. It's also like act. Actors like Ryan Gosling. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, Ryan Gosling loved the first Blade Runner, and he'd wa and he watched it at a very young age, and he was just so fascinated by it, and that's why he kind of, that's why he kind of took up the role and kind of made and kind of did the role seriously for Blade Runner twenty forty nine because he just loved the original so much. Blade Blade Runner is a huge Blade Runner is a big deal, and Blade Runner is is also very responsible for so many animes that were made after it. Blade Runner was a very influential movie, not only in the sci-fi aspect, but also, like, in the genre of, of cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's, like, for me, I feel like, um, and I'm just not trying to, like, suck its dick really hard. Like, I'm really feeling like that is the case. Like, I feel like Blade Runner really, it really solidified the genre of, of, of cyberpunk. It really, like hit the nail in the coffin for cyberpunk like this is it this is the best we'll get from like cyberpunk and sure like we've gotten like other cyberpunkish like entries entry entries like like akira obviously that's obviously inspired from blade runner and and ghost in the shell you know all these like and it all comes back to blade runner like i'm really telling you like i'm if blade runner didn't exist i don't feel like akira or ghost in the shell or you know any other fucking like cyberpunk um thing wouldn't exist without blade runner I, I really mean that wholeheartedly and i don't think i'm i don't think it's just me who's saying this i feel like this is like fact um but yeah um and it's and it's also not just the movie that did it it's also the author who who pretty much made the world first um it wasn't exactly blade runner <laughs> But it was a book called, um, I think you guys know uh, who Philip K. Dick is, the sci-fi author, who's, like, pretty much almost the the godfather of, like, sci-fi. And, uh, and he made Blade Runner, the story of Blade Runner, but it wasn't exactly like you saw in the movie. But it was still that, that idea, it was still that, it was still around that, uh, that uh that environment and it was called do androids dream still dream do androids dream of electric sheep and it was a very philosophical 
book just like Blade Runner and uh and I remember when 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 uh Ridley Scott showed the the when Ridley Scott showed uh like the first 10 minutes like the first shots of like Blade Runner to Philip K Dick Philip K Dick just went like that's it that that's that's the one you know so so you know Philip K Dick is like the grandfather of it but but Blade like in Blade Runner but Blade Runner like really Scott man thank him thank him for it like oh man like that was I know I wasn't alive in the 80s but I just don't imagine a world where Blade Runner doesn't exist and I'm just like really happy that that people like Philip K. Dick and then Ridley Scott and like Philip K. Dick's the one who wrote it that he's like the Philip K. Dick was the writer for it, but Ridley Scott was the painter for it, if that makes sense. And all of that put together just made something so beautiful and just so... I could just talk about it every day and just... I, I, I always have, but I, I just always feel like I never get straight to the point of, like, how great it is. There's just so much to Blade Runner that I just, like... It's almost overwhelming, but it, I don't know. I just love it very much, so... The fact that I was able to get this, the fact that I was able to get this, and this is like the all to be all when in like collecting Blade Runner shit, and like and 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 I have to say it again, like thank you so much, Mario. Thank you, thank you. So if you guys want to follow her, um, her uh her uh, her Instagram is Skunk Brat. I think I don't see. I don't know. I'm like easily. I don't know what's with me. I'm like easily forgetting things. Um. Yeah, hold on. Just give me a sec. Yeah, skunk brat. I was right. Okay. No capitalization, just skunk period brat. And she's she's very nice. She's very uh she's very she's very lovely and uh and she's very uh very special to me. Not because she's <laughs> not because she just bought me this, no. She's 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 helped me out a lot and uh and she's been there a lot for me during, um, as the times of we talked, uh, she's been there a lot. She's been there a lot for me, and, and I kind of, and I want to do the same as for her. So, like, guys, give her a follow. Like, this was really, like, you know, if, like, I'd feel super, I would feel super guilty as well if, if she bought it when it was, like, $100. I would have felt so much more guilty. But are you guys ready? Because I'm going to show you, um, what's inside of it. So... This is what it looks like. I really wish for those who are listening only to uh, audio. Um, it's the whole the whole case. It's the whole collector's edition is in a. It's almost like in a suitcase, like in a, a metallic silver uh, suitcase, it, like a little bag, like a little suitcase. And on the front, it's uh, in metallics, made in metallics, a uh, Blade Runner Harrison Ford. And you know, it's a little suitcase, and when you open it up. And on the top of it as well, where the handle is, it says Voin Kampf. I don't know if you guys can see it, the ones ones who are watching. Um, yeah, it says Voin Kampf. You know, the machine that detects uh, whether you're a replicant or not. And so, uh, yeah, this thing is just so, like, insane. I, I, never, I never imagined myself getting this thing. Wow. Just... Yeah, so uh, th this thing's like I I I really never thought of um 
of, of getting this. Like, I've always seen it before on YouTube and, like, seeing, like, what came with it and all. And so, like, to me, that was just, like, ugh. Like, I'm missing out so much. And the trailer that came with it as well, it was so cool. And I just thought, like, yeah, I'm never going to be able to get this. Especially when it costed, like, $100. But that's just so crazy to me that this was, like, cut in half, like, for $40. You know, like... And so, I, I, I'm just gonna get, like, straight away to it. Um, so... <laughs> this thing's just so... This thing's just so wonderful. Um, so here's what it looks like. It sucks for those that are only listening, that are only listening through audio, but... It's, 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 it basically is a, the whole collector's thing is sort of like a gray, like, sort of like a metallic suitcase. It's still plastic, it's not actually made out of metal, but that'd be, like, really cool, but obviously that would, like, cost for, like, that would obviously cost a lot if it were made out of real metal, but it's sort of metallic, and it's got, um, you know, Harrison Ford on the top, Blade Runner. And it's like a little suitcase, and on the top of it where you can grab the little handles is Voinkampf, which is like the, uh, as I said, the, uh, the machine that they used on people to, to identify whether a rep they're a replicant or not enough, or like, to like, kind of, uh, get give the gecko to like, do a retirement, which means to kill replicants. But that's just sort of like the, that's just sort of like the dystopian term for it, to just make it seem like a little, like, not innocent, but just to seem a little harmless, you know? And this is what it looks like inside. <laughs> I never thought I would actually, like, get this thing, and it's just so great. It's so great. Like, oh. And so, it's. Uh, I'm gonna be doing an unboxing at this point now, but. Um. Yeah, so what it comes with, uh, it comes with a mini uh, spinner, you know, the cars that fly. Like, okay, guys, like, you know that I would know what the cars are named as. Like, as a total Blade Runner fan, of course you'd know what I'd... And I, I'm, I'm surprised that some people don't even know that's that's what it's called, the spinner. Spinners. You know, like, even for people who watch Blade Runner, like, they didn't even know that that's what the cars are named. So that's what kind of brings me back, like, since, like, I did mention about having, like, Asperger's and whatnot. And that's the sort of thing that comes with it when you're just so obsessed with a particular thing. You just sort of place your whole attention to it, and you know, and you know a lot more than the average Joe. So, um, so yeah, this is the car. Hold on, I gotta like have some space for this because I don't want to like knock anything over in my desk. Uh, yeah. So this is the miniature car that comes with it. And this thing, I love this thing so much. Like, I, I was already, I felt like I was, like, ten years old playing with this thing, because, like, making a flyer. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's a little miniature spinnature. Or, little miniature spinner. No, a little miniature spinner. That was a weird, that was weird. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it's exactly just, like, I mean, not exactly. I mean, this is what, this, this is, this isn't what they used for the movie. Uh, since Blade Runners was comprised, I mean, this was the 80s, so, no, not a lot of CGI back then, but it was comprised with, uh, miniatures, just like every movie, every movie that kind of tried to went to, that kind of went, that tried, that kind of went, okay, now I can start, 
sentencing more correctly. They used miniatures since in the 80s there wasn't a lot of CGI that you could use. And um, and even if you could use the CGI, it didn't really look that great at the time. So you'd have to stick with either animation, animation like stop motion animation or, C or uh, miniatures. That's the best way to... That's the way to go back then. That's how you did it back then. And um, and since and since miniatures were used a lot for uh, for movies that wanted to go beyond the beyond the boundaries of, of filmmaking, so that was Blade Runner, and and there was a miniature of a spinner like this sort of, but obviously a lot more detailed and a lot more bigger, and it would have like two little miniatures of of Harrison Ford and Edward James also, I think. Uh, you know, so when so when people see like the cars flying in the movie and they see those two little figures, they think it's the ac actual actors flying in them. So yeah, this is the spinner, and I love this thing so much. I love it so much. Um, yeah, this thing is just it's I, I I you know, I've always wanted the cars from Blade Runner. Like I've always liked the cars, and um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad I'm able to get this here. Uh, even the doors uh, open like this as well, like by the side. <laughs> so that's really cool. And there's some, there's a little bit of detail inside of uh, that. I don't know if you guys can see that. For those who are who are watching, um, through uh, you know, actually, I've always, I always had, I always have trouble with focusing on this thing. Um, hold on, actually. I'm not, there you go. Ooh, it's it's focusing a little. Hold on. This whole thing is gonna be comprised of five. Yeah, there you go. So you can see a little bit of like the sets. Man, this thing kind of. Yeah, so you can see a little bit of like. You know, the seats and all, and like the little like uh controls for the for the car. So it's really cool. It's um it's really cool. And uh. <sighs> I love this thing. I love this thing so much. I've always loved the cars in Blade Runner. I thought they were just very intriguing. They weren't near like typical like you know Back to the Future bullshit cars. Blade Runner did it first when it came to like flying cars. They did it first. So yeah, and for those of you that don't know, like Blade Runner, I mean Blade Runner kind of also like kind of sparked the uh, the flying car interest. So uh... and I'm not just saying that because I because I'm sucking Blade Runner's dick. Like that's actually like. A proven thing that's not from Misa either and as well they it comes with a not a not, not actually made by with paper but a metallic like actually made with metallic um, unicorn from the uh, from the for those who've seen Blade Runner from the ending when Deckard finds the uh, the the unicorn um the unicorn origami uh, signaling that uh, his partner knew so that you know that was very cool um yeah so uh it, it it's really cool and there's um i like the little horn that comes with it too <laughs> and yeah so for those that you know i'm not even gonna say it like you have to watch blade runner like i don't even care if you don't want to i will tell you right now you have to watch blade runner and if you don't you're you're lame and i'm not just saying that for like jokes like haha you're so lame <laughs> like calling people you know like, oh, you're so stupid, like, playfully? No, I'm actually saying you're lame if you don't watch Blade Runner. Um, but, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I love this.
I love this collection. This thing's never leaving out of my hands. And uh, here, before I get, I'm gonna like show up two other things before I get to like the main thing of this uh, collection. This thing is really insane. Um, I know we've all seen these things, but just of this though, like it's just so fucking cool. I'm not sure. It's uh okay for those who are only listening through like audio. Um, it's basically uh one of those things. It's sort of um I never. I never remembered what to call them, but, um, they're, like, moving images, you know, they almost, like, they almost look like 3D, so, like, whenever you move your head in a particular way, it looks like it's, like, it's look like, it looks like it's playing on its own, you know, those images, but it's just, it's just literally a frame-by-frame, frame like, 3D thing, like, I, I, I don't know what to call it, but, but here, look at this, hold on, I have to, like, turn it in a specific way, look at that, look at that! And like the Blade Runner title that just like kind of goes like that. So fucking cool. I love this thing. This thing, oh. On my shelf and it's not going anywhere else. It's just so hard to like even like express like how much I love this thing. It's just, it's too much. It's too much for me. Um, so there's that. Uh, you know, it's the it's 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 a moving image for those uh, listening. It's a moving image of uh, Harrison Ford's character holding, you know, uh, the blaster. And this is near the end of the movie. Uh, I I recognize it. This is near the end of the movie, and him holding the blaster and looking scared. Yeah. So that that's really, really, really fucking cool. Um. So. Okay. Let me, let me just like kind of like the only thing I have like a little problem with was this with this thing like with this case is just it's sort of like it feels very tight it, it kind of feels hard to like take out of things but that's it but I still love this thing <laughs> okay and also what, what it comes with as it is a collector's edition um, it comes with a folder comprised with, uh, let's see, it says Blade Runner, uh, a folder comprised of concept arts made before the movie. So, f so for those who don't really know exactly what con the use of concepts are, is basically trying to get the feel for, for the movie or project that they're making. So they make conceptual art so they know what they're sort of heading into before they make the movie or project. And it's also used for, like, video games as well. So... Like, as well as they do for TV shows, like, whenever they're, uh, sort of, like, brainstorming what the set would look like, you know? So that's what, really, con uh, concept art would be. So that's, it literally goes up to the name concept art. And look at this, look at this shit. Look at this. I recognize this, I've seen this, I don't care if I've seen this everywhere, but I, like, I've seen this and it's, I love this image. So on the back it says, uh, there's, and there's also, like, information on the back for each, uh, each, um concept art here it says uh, although originally hired to design vehicles and props for Blade Runner they're talking of Sid Mead which he was like the main um, he was like also the like the he was like the prince to like Ridley Scott's king I, I feel like I, I think um, when it comes to like visualizing um, he was he was really he was really kind of like the visual guy for Blade Runner and so 
Although originally hired to design vehicles and props for Blade Runner, visual futurist Sid Mead often included immersive backgrounds into his artwork for context. His work so impressed director his work so impressed director Ridley Scott that Mead soon found himself also designing detailed environments for the film and even a few matte paintings. So yeah, Sid Mead was a big deal in Blade Runner. I mean, sure Ridley Scott like kind of like served, but like Sid Mead was like Sid Mead was kind of a the unsung hero like he was sort of like really the main guy who uh who really did all the visuals for uh for blade runner and the sets and whatnot so and he also passed away uh not too long ago so that's like really sad i'm not used to when i i'm not used to when like hearing about people from my like favorite movie that they worked on like just die it's just but you know we all have a time to go um so it's this one here which is sort of like the uh Deckard's apartment what they thought uh, should look like uh and on the back here um says inspired by airline laboratories ridley scott urged sid me to design deckard's bathroom with similarly sleek and utilitarian utilitarian functionality deckard's bathroom with similarly sleek and utilitarian functionality visitors to the set would notice numerous small graphics on almost every surface of the bathroom so they really went hard with the visuals with blade runner i mean for those who like know me and like how much I talk about Blade Runner, like you already, it's already a given that like Blade Runner is so like heavy when it comes to like visuals. It's it's insane. Um. Yeah, here's the next one. It's a uh, it's one of the trucks in Blade Runner. Looks really 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 great. Sid Mead drew it upon real world real. So before I read this, I. Blade Runner also liked to sort of like take things from our world and sort of just mesh it with this uh with this futuristic world that that's being made and it sort of brings a sort of reality it sort of brings like so with this here it's it's like a taxi it's like a futuristic taxi basically a taxi cab and uh and really they weren't trying to go all like Star Warsy and all this sci-fi like you know made up bullshit like it it felt very grounded to our reality and like I like I'll like I'll mention later, but here it says, uh, Sid Mead drew upon real real world inspiration for his futuristic taxi design, the Metro Cab. That's what it's called. Um, in an effort to minimize costs, vehicle fabricator Gene Winf Winfield hired a local cabinet ma maker to construct the Metro Cab out of a de decidedly low tech substance wood. It was all very simple, but it was so effective as well. Just really, um, this was uh. I remember the scene. I mean, this wasn't in the final. Um, this wasn't in the final version, but this was a, this was a scene when Deckard visits. Uh, this was a deleted scene. This was when uh, Deckard uh, visits his, uh, his injured Blade Runner, uh, his injured fellow Blade Runner that tried to like uh, interrogate a, a replicant, but got shot in the in the process of it because the replicant. See, I'm telling you guys, you have to watch the movie. I'm not trying. Like that's literally part of the plot, but this is a deleted scene, so. You have to watch it. I'm telling you, you have to watch it. Um, but you know, anyways. Um, I, okay. To be honest, for those who are like listening and like, I, I kind of had to like cut off the podcast. Like you probably haven't noticed, but I had to cut off the podcast from last night because uh, it was getting very late, and I didn't, I didn't want my loud ass to be like waking up people. And like now, it's like. It's like four four in the afternoon and I, and I look like shit on camera right now so 
Um, yeah, but in this here it says in this deleted scene, Deckard visits fellow Blade Runner Holden, who remains on life support following his near deadly encounter with Leon. The iron lung type device appears elsewhere in the film as a police kiosk outside of Dual Pen's Heisen's snake shop. This oh, I recognize this really bad. Um, I recognize this so bad. This this is like in the beginning shot, almost in Blade Runner. Like this is so iconic here and it says perhaps Blade Runner's most iconic visual effects moment as I said the spinners landing at the 8th precinct police headquarters was later realized in large format 65 millimeter by Douglas Trumbull's visual effects company EEG the models building the model buildings were pitched at an unnatural at unnatural angles to simulate the perspective of towering skyscrapers so yeah there was just so much simplicity of how it was made in in filmmaking and filmmaking aspect but it just it was just so effective and it gave you so much of that feel for the world and uh which scene was this um yeah okay this was like during later on in the movie uh where a character named pris was fighting with uh deckard the main blade runner a combination of two females and two males performed the role of pris in this physically demanding moment late mo physically demanding moment late in the film the naturally athletic Daryl Daryl Hannah, and I'll get to Daryl Hannah at a moment here because there's something you guys should know about her. Stunt coordinator Carrie Gomes and two professional gymnasts. Only one performer was required for Deckard in the scene. Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford did all the shit here. Um, so Daryl Hannah as well. Like since I've mentioned about having Aspergers, Daryl Hannah. Um, uh, Daryl Hannah in Blade Runner. I mean. She was also in Splash as well, you know, with Tom Hanks, where she was uh, the uh, the mermaid that fell in love with the guy and whatnot. Daryl Hannah was she has um, she has Aspergers like me, and just when I saw her, you know, in Blade Runner, and then knowing that she has Aspergers, I was just kind of like, wow. I was just like, you know, I felt kind of like, wow. I kind of felt, I kind of felt like how you, I kind of felt like how nowadays you would say, I felt so seen. You know, when there's, like, a gay character and whatnot. I felt so seen, so... Yeah, it was really... It was really nice to know she also has, um, Asperger's, so, you know. She really did fit as a replicant. That's sort of the funny trend, like, uh... There is a lot of people... I, I don't know if this is an official thing, but, like, there is a lot of people that would kind of compare replicants to uh, Asperger's people. Especially in the sequel with Ryan Gosling, like, having a monotone voice and, like, no expression at all. And sometimes it's true. Sometimes people with Aspergers are like that, but some of, but some of us like me kind of try to push the stigma, and try to like sort of better ourselves, so functioning, so functionality would be a lot a lot easier for us. Um, okay, yeah, this is a storyboard. This was uh okay. This was Leon's scene. Uh, if you guys want to see here. But here it says Leon's blaster was originally intended to discharge a beam of antimatter. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, still, there's some things I there's a lot that I don't know. Like I probably will know when I watch the behind the scenes on here. Leon's blaster was originally intended to discharge a beam of antimatter that would have completely disintegrated Holden. But I feel, of course, that they took it off because that just didn't fit. That just didn't fit in Blade Runner's like futuristic realistic um um setting so yeah that was more like on a star wars level like a like you know but special effects tests did not turn out as planned and the concept was changed however careful observers will notice that the black beam effect 
does briefly appear as Leon first fires in all versions of the film. Okay, so I gotta check that out then, because as I was as I will get to this, the DVD comes with all versions, so I have to like check out each and one and every one of them. So yeah, this is the Void Comp that I mentioned earlier, the most iconic um, device in all in all uh, sci-fi movies. It says here, inspired by the ability of animals to smell fear. Um, the the Voidkampf's device, the Voidkampf's device is be uh, bellows breath in and out process. Wait, that was weird. The Voidkampf device, the Voidkampf device is bellows breathe in and process in and process the odors of its subject in an effort to distinguish replicants from humans. So yeah, the VK machine was literally built over one weekend when the first prop proved to be unconvincing for filming purposes. Wow, so yeah, that's pretty much the, the machine of the Voinkampf to just be able to detect a, a human and a replicant. And sometimes it can get really murky because, you know, if it were to be a human and it would still have the same reactions as a, as a replicant, there's like a lot in, at stake when it comes to like being a Blade Runner. And inside here is all the concept art. It's so great. It's so great. It's just so, it's so wonderful. I love this. I love this very much. Um, so yeah, like I said, this was bought by my. I was. This was bought by. This was. This was bought by someone very close to me. And she's she's very nice and she's very lovely. And her Instagram is a uh, skunk brat skunk dot brat no capitalizations and you can uh, follow her and whatever. And she's 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 very lovely. Um. So yeah, that's the that's the oh did I put it in the wrong way? Yes I did. <laughs> I put it in the wrong order. Shit, I'm no longer a Blade Runner fan. Take it out. Take it away from me. Um. But yeah, that's that's all the uh, other like nitpicky like things you know like the little collector's shit, which I I don't care if I was like in if I were ever in like a debt if I were ever of need of money I would never sell this thing. I'll sell all the other shit, like, I will never sell this thing. If it ever came to that point, you know, I will never sell this thing. So here we get to the main focus of this of this uh, collector's thing. The DVD for all the Blade Runner versions. And I love this case very much. The other one, you know, like, I would have preferred, like... I'm sure this is HD, like... Excuse me. Still, even last night I was burping and now I'm just all like... Nasty. I feel bad for you guys who are listening through Spotify, but, um, so yeah, this is the Blade Runner, um, you guys can Google all this shit so you know what I'm talking about. Um, just, like, the, the Blade Runner Collector's, Ultimate Collector's Edition. Um, I'm sure this is, I mean, see, the other, the, the reason, like, the other, I've realized that the other Collector's Edition was Blu-ray, and obviously Blu-ray is, like, more high definition. But I'm sure that this edition should be at least, like, good quality, you know, like, a, not... I wouldn't say like super HD boy, but like at least just good definition. But at the same time, the Blu-ray versions like it doesn't it doesn't have a the the Blu-ray. It's literally all the same except that the Blu-ray disc doesn't come with what I'm about to show you here. Hold on, especially with the sick ass like you know cover. Like look at this, look at this. It's so cool, and especially on the back. The little like Blade Runner icon. It's, it's it's so cool. It's so cool. Um, yeah. So when you open it, when you slide it off, it it has all of these um other concept uh all these other uh 
mesh of like concept art and like onset photos of Blade Runner, especially on the back. I love the back as well. Look at this. It's so great. And there's Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford and everyone else on this. It's it's so great. So one, and especially when you open it up, it's also onset photos. Look at this. Uh, I'd like try to like. It's so great. It's so. <laughs> I love this. I, I I love it so much. And when you open this baby up, look at that. All the uh, all the uh, Blade Runner versions. It's and it's so great. And it comes with this. Um, I guess you call it a guidebook, a little guidebook. Um, it opens up. Oh no, yeah, it opens up, and all of these uh, are just like. Um, like, uh, each, each, each version's, um, yeah, they're each version's, uh, what, which each version is, like, so, like, you know, sort of like, yeah, it's sort of like the guidebook to what each version would, is, and, like, there's, like, some, and the majority of all these are just, uh, um, on-set photos, but, yeah, this is so great, it's so great, so, yeah, this is all of the, um, it's so huge. It's kind of huge too. So it's all this like, it's it's so great. It's 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 wonderful. I love this. And like on the back, I don't know if you can notice. Like, on the back, you can kind of tell uh, the Tyrell, the Tyrell, um, the Ty the Tyrell Tower, like sort of uh, hovering over, and the spinners as well. Like it's 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 the best. I I love this. It's 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 so great. Um. But yeah, like that, I, I, I'm very happy that I have this and I'm just so grateful that she uh, bought me this as a, as a sort of like a late birthday gift. So, I think as I was gonna, let me close this suitcase up. I love that it's like a little suitcase, like look, so it just like clicks. I can, I can carry it with me and just show who's boss in like film class. You know, I know something about film too and I just whip this baby out. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, so, here, now I can just sort of hold it now. Um, yeah, but, uh, Blade Runner, you know, of all the things that you guys know me as, like, Ash from Evil Dead and all these movies that I talk about, to me, the one movie, like, if I had to keep one movie of all the movies that I like, I mean, I, I'm sure this is, like, a question that's, like, told by everybody else or, or been told by people, is that the one movie or the one series i guess the one movie that i would keep the one movie series that i would keep very close to me dear to my heart would be blade runner blade runner is like my my heart and soul of 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 me like i very i keep it very i keep it very special to me it's it's a very special movie to me both blade runner and the sequel like just blade runner in general i keep blade runner very special to my heart like, Blade Runner is literally what makes up all of, all of me. Sure, I, like, I'm Ash from Evil Dead and this and that. No, but Blade Runner is, Blade Runner is literally what, um, what makes up all of me. So, um, yeah, but if you've never seen Blade Runner, I will, hi I highly suggest you to watch it. You, I know, because I've, I've tried so many times to show people, like, what Blade Runner is like the first time and they never usually get it. You know, because I don't know if it's just that they're... I don't know if it's just that they don't care, or it's just, like, so much to take in at first. But, um... 
But, you know, if you don't, you know, if you're really interested and you want to watch it, then I would suggest watching it more than more than once. Like, at least watch it, like, three or four times. Because it's very... The first isn't that long. It's, like, an hour and a half. But the second one, yeah, that, that shit was very long. But I didn't mind. I was happy that it was, like, almost three hours. It's funny. People complain that it's very... People complain that the sequel's very long, even though they don't fucking mind watching, like, three hours of, like... Would you, would you like Star Wars shit? Because it's entertaining. Blade Runner is not Star Wars at all. Like people think that, that it is. It's a very depressing, very laid out, slow and grim world. So a lot of people like to mistake it that it's Blade Runner or Star sorry, I like to a lot a lot of people like to mistake it that it's Star Wars even though especially since Harrison Ford is in it and since like everyone knows Harrison Ford is a as um star wars or yeah star wars or this and that but um yeah it's a very dark and depressing world blade runner sort of um i'll tell you i i won't tell you what happens in the movies you gotta watch it for your for yourself but basically blade runner is it's set in this very dark and very dark and very dirty and just very rundown world um and it, it and and constantly it it rains all the time and but it's been it's been expanded in Blade Runner that it doesn't necessarily rain all the time like the climate can change, but usually it's raining, um, since the climate is like kind of declining like very very harshly in the in the world of Blade Runner and and the funny part about it is that it's not it's not far from our timeline like literally it was just 2019 and that's when the first movie takes place in, so um so yeah. So Blade Runner really is about this world that's dying and it's like it's near to its death like to the to just where nothing to just where it's nothing like the earth that we've known before where everything grows and it's beautiful and whatnot and nature and especially nature as well uh, died in the world of Blade Runner like because in in Blade Runner there are artificial animals of animals that we've known before but they're nowhere natural they're just they're just sort of like memories of they're sort of physical memories of what we've known animals to be before they they died and sort of gone extinct in the world. So nature has died in Blade Runner. And um and you know the city is very and all and it mostly takes place in Los Angeles and, it, and in the vid, and the city is just very just very conjumbled together. There's it doesn't feel like there's a lot of space for anything and there's a there's sort of like a there's classes in Blade Runner as well, especially the, the higher class are almost like in the heavens. They're like in these tall like skyscrapers, while the majority of people like us, you know, are in the of a uh, like any person like you know, um, that try that any person the the normal the normal the normal man the normal person who's trying to do best for themselves, we would be in the lower class like in the way lower sections of the city where everything's just very um filled with smog and just very crowded with people and just so claustrophobic and and like just all these things put together it's just it's a very dark world it's a very dark world and especially when there's no sign of nature left at all that's why there was one version i'm trying my best not to tell you guys but i will say that that's why there is one version that i didn't like so much where uh at the end uh Harrison Ford and Sean, and Sean Young, uh, at the end, you can see them driving in this sort of, uh, 
in this sort of, you know, Nate, like that was, they're basically driving through, you know, fields of trees and like this beautiful, you know, and, and the funny part about it is that those shots were meant to be uh, for the shining, but, uh, but they were able to grab those from Stanley Kruber. Like Stanley Kruber was like, yeah, I don't want them. So I didn't know about that. That was like, kind of like, wow. Um, but yeah, it's just the shot of them like driving through a road of like of like actual nature, you know, trees and the sunshine and the lake. And I was like, what? So how did we get from this city where it literally looked like that's what the world was comprised of to this like like we're now back in reality where like you know that was just a very I didn't like that version at all. So Blade Runner went through so many versions, and it's funny like even though they were they were done like making the film, there was there were still a lot of things they left out, and so they kind of kept going over and over with different versions till they got to the actual version that they thought was the version that Blade Runner is which would be the final cut and I enjoy the final cut like the director's cut and everything else like yeah all those are really shitty but but still you still appreciate how it got you still appreciate the process of Blade Runner how it got to that stage and now we're here uh, at this like um at this final version which uh which the final cut very which the final cut really helped uh the sequel to be made because um the final cut really sticked true to its like dark and grim dystopian um setting um but at the same time while it's all dark and and just very like dead there's a, there's some sort of hidden beauty within blade runner you know just the fact that everyone is just so it, it's so sad and and just everything that's just conjumbled to, there's just like this hidden there's this hidden pain within the beauty of it there's this hidden beauty within the pain and i don't that's what interests me a lot about blade runner and um and there's just like it it's almost as if everyone in the world of blade runner is in this like sublime pain you know there's just this sort of melancholy that's just going around this the the world of blade runner and there's just something very human about it even though that setting is very far from being human you know from from like the towering uh, the towering cities and like flying cars and artificial humans you know there's just something very human about it like just very subtle about it so um really i i i i love blade runner to death like ever seen i seen the, ever since i seen the first like every person who's seen blade runner and gets it i was just like wow like wow it was very hard to process at the time, but it was like it was very hard to process. Not because I didn't get it, but it was just because it was so overwhelming with just how fascinating it was, just how, just how beautiful it was, really. And so, yeah, I love Blade Runner to death. And I have to confess, like I love the sequel so much. I love the first. I love the first, but I love the sequel even more because it it really sticks with the dystopian setting, and it really sticks with that feeling of like some. Of that melancholy and that and that sadness that I that I mentioned about just now, and it really sticks with that. It like the Denis Villeneuve really got the he really got the uh, the whole feeling from the first Blade Runner, and he sort of put in into that in his own version. And that's like really like that's why I love the sequel, but I still love the first as much. Um, so, yeah, so uh. That's that's what I have. That's what I wanted to show you guys. The the my Blade Runner Ultimate Collector Ultimate Collector's Edition. And it's just so great. And like I said, you can follow who I 
who you can follow a uh, skunk brat who who bought me this and she's very nice and she's uh, she she means a lot to me and um and yeah it's a blade runner is just there's no words to this day like of how much i tell talk about it to people there's to this day i feel like there's no word there's there's nowhere i can get to where i can actually like precisely dis precisely get to the point of why blade runner is so great and i feel like you just have to watch it 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 does all the speaking for you you just have to watch it so yeah that's that's with blade runner um so yeah, I I <laughs> I really um I I kind of just stopped way for those that are listening or watching like I kind of just stopped way through from the play- podcast because it was getting too loud or no it was getting too late and I didn't want to be loud so that but you know and that's why I look a lot more shittier than I do last night for some reason my head kind of looks like I don't know if that's the camera and the lenses that I'm using but like for some reason my head seems more round than usual I don't remember my head being that round. Like it's literally like a I don't know if that's my haircut. I'm not doing my fucking hair. I'm I'm at home. Leave me alone. I'm literally at home. I don't need to do my hair. Like fuck off with that. But I hate when people tell me that. Like do your hair even though you're at home. Like like please. Um Yeah, but my head looks rounder than usual now right now, but uh yeah, but for those who are watching, um, you guys obviously know I'm such a Blade Runner fan because I have these posters, these three posters of Blade Runner behind me, and I have Blade Runner figures over there by myself. I don't know if you, if you can see it, but I have Blade Runner figures on my shelf, and on the back there, I have this little shelf, which is my um, my uh, my cabinet where I put my um clothes and my where the shelves in, and like on top of it, I I have a, uh, I have the book. You know what? Actually, let me just bring it. Because now that I'm talking about Blade Runner, I think it's a good time to, like, actually, to actually, um, show you what I have. So I'm not showing the Blade Runner 2049 Blu-ray, because we all probably have that, and I'm like, oh, look, I have this, I'm unique. No, um, (laughs) and I'll show you the cheap ass, I'll show you the cheap ass, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring everything Blade Runner in here. Literally, I'm bringing everything Blade Runner. To just show you how much I really love Blade Runner. There's just something about Blade... I don't know. It's just so hard to just put into words. It's just... It's just very... It's very beautiful, uh, Blade Runner. There's just something about Blade Runner. Like, beneath all of that pain and all that darkness, there's just something beautiful about it. Just the way that there's car... Just the way... Like, the imagery with it and, like, the cars flying and and the constant rain and the... And the depressing look of everybody, like it, there's just something about it. There's something very human, even though there's something very human about it, even though it's in a, it's in a world where humans are sort of almost indiscriminable, indiscriminable, I've never had this trouble with words. There's something about it that make that feels very human, e- even though it's in a world where humans are indiscriminable from each other. Indi- <sighs> Google, you're gonna have to help me. You're gonna help. To, you're gonna have to help my autistic ass, because I'm having so much trouble. Indis. In. Indisquish. 
Indisquing, indisquing. Holy sh, dude! I undisquing, undis. Um, no, it's indisquishable. In. Indisquing, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have Google help me on this because I can't say it right now. But, like I said, there there's something very human about Blade Runner, even though it's in a world where people are so from each other indis ind hold on how do you say it then indistinguishable 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 indisquin holy shit i'm a replicant i can't say shit right holy god they they caught me indistinguishable indistinguishable it's a world that th there's something very human about blade runner blade runner even though there's even though it's in a world full of people who are indistinguishable from each other there you go so First off, I want to get this first. Uh, I want to show you guys my Blade Runner, my cheap. Oh my god, the lights just went out. This is a very cheap ass Blade Runner pistol. This is the best one I can get because the actual Blade Runner pistol is like uh, worth a thousand. I'm like, no, come on. As much as I really want it, I don't know about that. But the lights went out. See, this is my. Oh, now it's went on. It's going. It's doing it for the camera. It's, it knows it's on camera. So this is the my Blade Runner pistol. You know, and uh, it's it's cool, I guess, for like just just for being like it, it's it's almost it, it also it almost re resembles the original pistol, but still, you know, at least the things glow. I mean, on the other side, it doesn't, so it's it's very cheap, but you know, it's it's at least cool. So yeah, uh, that's my Blade Runner pistol that I keep there, and somehow. I don't know if it has a very like long battery life, but it's always been on since I had since I put it up there. And this is my um, oh, shit's a little dusty. This is my vinyl for Blade Runner. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I go hard with Blade Runner. Like, this is my uh, vinyl for Blade Runner, and this is the Vangelis, obviously, since it's composed by Vangelis. And here, it's it's got all the uh, the songs, and I and I love the inside of it too, because it's almost like the it's. It's almost showing all the set pieces and everything. And it's got Vangelis here. And I guess I'll just read what Vangelis uh, had to like say on here. Most of the music contained in this album originates from records, recordings I made in London in 1982. Whilst working on the score for the film Blade Runner, finding myself unable to release these recordings at the time, it is with great pleasure that I am able to do so now. Some of the pieces contained will be known to you from the original soundtrack of the film whilst others are appearing here for the first time, so like some of these are actually exclusive. Looking back at Ridley Scott's powerful and e evocative pictures left me as stimulated as before, and made the recompiling, recompiling of this music today an enjoyable experience. Vangelis, Athens, April 1994. So yeah, this I love this vinyl. You know, I, I play this whenever it rains outside of my house. I traditionally would just whip out the Blade Runner final and just play along with the rain. So yeah, it's very cool. Very, very cool. Um, so yeah, and this is the big kahuna of like my love for the sequel. The art and soul of Blade Runner of 2049. This was bought by my friend. Uh, you can also follow him. His Instagram is Shane's House. Yeah, you'll find him. He's got like uh, a white guy, so... <laughs> But he bought me for this for my birthday. Uh, he's he's been a very long friend of mine for like almost a decade, 
and he knows how much I love this fucking movie, and he understands it as well, so, like, he bought me this for my birthday, and this was, like, uh, like, 2019, did he buy it for me? Yeah, 2019, like, this was, like, two years after the movie 2049 came out, and, like, I got this book, and I always wanted this book as well, so he got it for me, and I was like, oh my god, you didn't, oh, really? Oh, and, like, it's so cool, look at this, and there's so many pages... This thing's fucking big. It's as big as my head. Look. This thing's big. And it's... It, there's so many... There's page after page after page of, like, of the... Behind the scenes of the... Of, uh, 2049. And that... And that I love. Because I've always wanted to see how they got 2049 made. And here in the first page, this is, a. There's concept art. There... There's concept art. And wow. Right here it says that... that that's um describing the right of the page it says <laughs> excuse me um the very first image created in director Denis Villeneuve's vis visual development of this movie drawn in early 2015 I didn't know this was in like that early of development 2015 um this was a warm-up sketch of Kay Spinner taking flight by concept artist Sam Hudecki during his first uh, brainstorming session in Montreal with Villeneuve and director of photography Roger Deakins and this is it this is the this is this is where the first scene would take place of, of officer K uh, landing in a in the backyard of a of a sapper next to the tree where Rachel is buried and it says in the world of Blade Runner we have humans and we have replicants or, or, or and, and, and quoted in the world of Blade Runner we have humans and we have replicants Although they look very much the same, they're considered very, very different because one is born and one is manufactured. The qualitative difference between the two is that someone born is thought to have a soul, while someone manufactured may perhaps not. This film explores what it means to live in a world feeling like you don't have a soul and starting to want one, and in the process of wanting a soul, acting like someone who has a soul in the first place. Quoted the screenwriter of 2049, Michael Green. And that very much, that's... That's that's how I feel with these um, with these movies because for me these Blade Runner is just very personal to me. For me, Blade Runner's um, it's a very personal movie to me, even though it's set in like you know the future and whatnot. With that quote, that really helped me. Like with that quote, um, it really helped me like try to like remember why exact like because to me Blade Runner just really like went inside of my like consciousness and it went into my psyche of how because I did mention of how I suffer with um with mental illnesses and sometimes I tend to dissociate and sometimes I sometimes uh I sometimes have to I sometimes seem to have losing my grip on reality and um and with depression as well, depression plays on that as well. And with depression, I just seem like, you know, it, it. I always feel like that I'm just not able to be loved or able to be um, seen as a person. And and I always kind of, rec and I always kind of, and especially with Asperger's, with Asperger's, like you feel like a totally, you feel to like a totally different person in this world and you feel sort of alienated. You, 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 you're almost like this person that's not exactly a person. And I, that's why I've always, like, that's why I've always, um, compared myself to Replicants and Blade Runner. 
especially when I have such hard time, like, even as I'm, like, older now, like, I, even though, I, like, I've always had such a hard time trying to, like, feel that I had an identity and that I had a soul like everyone else and that I meant something like everyone else. So that's why I love Blade Runner so much as well as the world it's presented. Like, all of it is almost, like, the setting and the story is almost like it's one big human emotion presented in so many different ways and that's why i just it's so i really love blade runner so much and there's another quote here where it says when we really know what it's like to feel like somebody we won't we won't want to do the we won't want to do the bad things we do to everybody else and that's huge i think our our salvation is in there that that was a really weird that was really that was really word that was worded really weird when we really know what it's like to feel like somebody else we won't want to do the bad things we do to everybody else and that's huge i think our our salvation is in there and that is the screenwriter of hamter fanchon who also wrote the first blade runner so that's pretty big oh my see like look at this look at this here hold on i gotta set this down look at this it's so beautiful there's just so much emotion going on here it's all futuristic of course and it's all dark but there's just so much there's so much um um emotion to it you know and also and the sequel kind of expands and like the first and the sequel kind of expanded on like kind of kind of like how everything is just so corporate around us while the world is dying like there's just no care for anything real anymore but the second kind of but the second kind of the second kind of uh expands on that and and for me like just seeing how passionate that Denis Villeneuve was seeing how passionate Denis Villeneuve was for uh, Blade Runner to make Blade Runner the sequel I, I'm I don't know him person obviously I don't know him personally but but I'm very happy for him like I was I'm very happy that he was got that he was able to make the sequel this this wonderful sequel I, I was like it's almost like I can just see that in these pages like I can just see that he was very passionate about it and he wanted to do right by everything from what the first movie meant to him and I relate to that a lot like I f- I feel that rena- like I feel that renaissance that resonance that he's carrying what when he made this movie and that like I just like Denis Villeneuve is like you know I, I I'll, I'll dare I'll dare as far as goes to say that he's one of my heroes when it comes to making movies so yeah all of these oh man i gotta put this down again because you gotta you guys gotta see this it's so cool this is the uh the art for a uh, k-spinner here it, look at this it's so fucking cool like even just by this when it's just a shot of a car when it's just literally a shot of a car there's just it feels like there's so much emotion going on I, I love I, I, I love and to be honest with you guys like as much as I love Blade Runner I was never able to like read through all of this stuff and I and I really should one day like I should literally just have one night like I'll, like literally one whole day of me just like reading this because I I love the sequel very much so yeah let me just put these things back because there's so much shit on my table at this point um yeah, but coming back to what I was saying, um, I I love I very much love. Uh, I was very like I'm very like now like after like four years after the it's crazy it's already been four years since the sequel was made. Um, 
Yeah, but after that, I, now just thinking about it, like, I'm just very, like, because since I was always passionate about Blade Runner, I, I'm just very happy that someone like Denis Villeneuve, and especially his filmography, before 2049 has always been so good. And his films are always filled, it's, his films are always filled with such emotion that it's just, like, very overwhelming. And and so I, I feel that he was just very perfect. He, he was literally the person to be the one to make uh, the sequel for Blade Runner 2049. So I'm just very happy that he was able to make uh, the sequel, and I'm just, you know, I'm just very happy for him as someone who would want to make movies, so. Uh, okay, well, sadly, guys, like I said, I'm not planning to do this podcast so super, like, um, so super, uh, um, long so i i i I, like i I, i'm about to wrap it up but traditionally like i'll do on the isai just talks podcast i will be reading questions of people who has already given me some questions so thank thank you guys for that um questions for people who uh who already um so every 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 um you know every uh yeah 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 sorry i'm like looking for the questions on here uh give me a second i'll go to spotify okay yeah i gotta hold on yeah so yeah every every um i really need to remember my fucking passwords i have too many accounts and too many passwords okay so um so traditionally on Isai Just Talks, I will be answering questions of people. Uh, oh, wow. You, oh, so I did? Okay, so <laughs> I, now I remember my fucking thing. Okay. Uh, give me a second, guys. So as I'm trying to say, traditionally, um, I will be reading off questions from people. And... Uh, Here, I'll get to it. Just give me a second here, guys. Um, Okay. Something simple like that. What? Spotify, you suck. Uh Uh-oh. I should kind (laughs) of... I should kind of not, I should kind of, uh, sorry, Spotify, I, I like you, please keep my channel on here. Okay, we'll, we'll just, let's just skip through all of this. now that we got that done um yeah so uh so traditionally with every uh near the end of every podcast that i do i will be reading questions of from people 
that uh, already has sent me some questions, so thank you guys for that. So let's do the the first uh, question here by uh, Iron Came. Iron Iron Cam. I always got that fucking mixed up. Iron Cam two thousand one. Uh, that's his username. Uh, if you guys wanna check him out, he's pretty cool. What were your initial What were your initial feelings about Blade Runner and its take on science fiction? Oof, heavy question there. Um, so, <laughs> but good one. Good question. Um, my enough my initial feelings about Blade Runner is exactly how I still feel about it. Uh, I felt that the first time when I've watched Blade Runner and and see, I see at first I was really so, so when I was younger, like I've mentioned at points here that when I was younger, uh, Indiana Jones was a huge he still is a huge childhood hero to me. And so I was I was interested about Harrison Ford. I, to be honest, I, I was never really, I never really did care about his character as Han Solo. I really did love his character as Indiana Jones. So I would look into Harrison Ford a lot. And I remember there is this, so on YouTube, sometimes you'd find like these weird recommended, back then you'd find these weird recommended videos that would like be of movie clips, you know? So I, so I found, um, as I was like going through like Harrison Ford and his, and his stuff, there is this video, uh, the noodle scene of Blade Runner and that's technically how I kind of first found out about Blade Runner the noodle scene and when I saw that where it was Blade or it was Harrison Ford ordering the noodles in the first Blade Runner and it was like come this you this you the uh the chef the the order taker in the in the white dragon the come this you this you he said you Blade Runner <laughs> And when I saw that, and when I saw with the visuals that was given and, like, Harrison Ford's character and whatnot, I was very interested, but I didn't know why I didn't, I didn't really, I felt, I think I was just too young and I didn't really understand it at the time, but at the same time, I was just very intrigued by what was presented to me, you know, by just that one clip of the visual of how, how rainy it was and how blue it was and how there was just something about it that I just couldn't really put the tip of my finger, tip of my tongue on, tip of my fingers, tip of my tongue on, the fuck, um, but when I finally got to watch it, like, three years later, I think, I, I remember I watched it with my dad, I think, but when I finally got to watch it, oh man, that was such a ride and there was so much to take in, um, that I really felt like when I when I first watched it, I really felt that this was a. I already knew that when I first because I watched a lot of Star Wars as a kid. I was like twelve when I would watch a lot of Star Wars. Eleven. Uh, I had the I had the DVD set of the whole trilogy. You know, uh, Return of the Jedi, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and I watched that shit always. I would always rewind rewind the wheels on um the reels on on Star Wars, but. But as soon as I watched this, I felt that this was something totally different, and this was something totally unique. This was something that I I knew there was something special about it. I loved, I still loved Star Wars at the time as a kid, but at the same time, there was something inside of me that, that I felt that was very special with Blade Runner that I couldn't just get with Star Wars. And I really did... I, I was really intrigued by what it took on in sci-fi when it when to me i don't feel like it's just i don't feel like it's just sci-fi i kind of i call it emotional sci-fi uh because a lot of it dealing with um replicants that are just unable to just feel emotion and 
you know their their struggle of trying to like have more life and be a, and be a person like everyone else in the way the world was presented as this dark place and this very sad place as as it was raining all the time and just like you know and just like i felt that's what i call it as blade runner emotional sci-fi that's what i refer to it as it's still sci-fi of course but i call it as uh but i also call it as emotional sci-fi if that would make sense and and as well as how it's presented you know the idea that nature has died and the world is dying with it and people are living their days the days left in this like in this claustrophobic closed in city of a mess while those that live in the in the skies you know in the towering you know cities are like you know there's just something about it that was just so like hit there is there is there is beauty within the pain of it there is beauty within the pain of it that's why i kind of call it emotional sci-fi if that if that still makes sense and like i was very i was just very like fascinated with it because i knew when i saw those flying cars and when i saw uh think little things like the the guns the the gun of the blade runner and you know and the term of a blade runner and, and and its occupation as a blade runner and what you do as a blade runner the whole world of it was just so there's so much about it that that was just so i knew when i saw it the first time when i was younger that i just couldn't get that with star wars because star wars because star wars is very easy because i know that star wars is very easy for people to watch because it's fantastical and it carries the same mythological mythology from like you know when the when the underdog person becomes the hero of the story you know all of that but with blade runner there's just something about it that's just very like there's something very there's something that feels like it's almost was pulled under a person's a, a human's conscience and that's what comes into it as a form if that makes sense that's what i feel it as i feel it as an emotional sci-fi and i also feel that it's just something that all of us collectively as a human race is pulled under from our consciousness and is made into a form which that is blade runner and at the same time that blade runner now is not so far from reality and that's scary that's kind of scary but at the same time i've kind of been wanting that world for some reason like that that beautiful painful world that you know that very sad world and and yeah we're really not far from like the reality of blade runner i mean it was just 2019 and we've already had so much shit happen between that year in 2020 not even just like you know not even just the how our not even just how we're suffering with climate change and we're doing so much to fix that but also the tone deafness that we get every day in our lives from advertisements to to people you know not very not wanting to just know what's outside of life you know wanting to know more things and wanting to be connected with humanity that's also what's in Blade Runner, and I feel like that's very well being apparent today nowadays. Because nowadays we're just getting, we're just having a lot, a lot of people our age being stuck in TikTok and just not really looking at things that what makes life, you know. And that's Blade Runner, like the 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 tale of how what comes with the death of life and what comes with this new world of just uh comprised of just you know comprised of just uh artificial things and just and uh in and, and things of um things that aren't very things that weren't formed with us as the human race started within this world you know 
So that's my that's 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 what I felt about Blade Runner. That's a very good question. Thank you. Uh, uh thank you, Iron Cam uh, Cameron. That's his name. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, that that's a very good question because uh, that's really how I felt with Blade Runner, and that's why it's still to this day like I I keep it very close, not to just to my heart but to my soul. Like I love just. I love Blade Runner so much, and to me, like, I don't I don't mean to be a dick <laughs> when I say this, but when I show people Blade Runner, and when I see them that they just don't understand it, that just tells me a lot about what's going on today. Just by that, just by that. Like, I know you can say, but it's just a movie. There's a lot that you can take out of from Blade Runner, especially with the book. Like, the book is really... Philip K. Dix's book was really a warning of what we're not supposed to do, and we're already doing that. We're already making our our lives, our our world as Blade Runner, you know. So when I see somebody, I like not personally, I'm not like, "Hi, oh, you're such a fucking idiot." No, I'm, <laughs> that's not me. With when I when I, I, but that just tells me what sort of world we're living in, inside of our heads and outside. So. Yeah. So the next question is from Indiana Jones fan. 53 and this is one of those guys that i mentioned that about from the fan 53 community and he's actually a pretty good guy um besides all the other shitheads that i met on fan 53 and his question is simple this time (laughs) his question this one's a simple question how's life man um yeah never mind this is gonna be a hard one (laughs) it's gonna get a little personal um yeah a little personal but uh yeah life's been really hard um not just from this year but also from last year uh so as you guys know i recently graduated from high school just last was that last year yeah it was last year actually yeah it was last year 2020 i I was class of 2020 and um and so i've 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 to, for those who are about to graduate or near to graduating, I will give you this advice. Do not, if you've really, no, if you've really struggled with, like, high school, but, so with that said, if you really struggled with high school, do not jump in into college heads head first. Because I feel like that's sort of, that, that really does not help me because, like, I've realized now that, because I've been struggling a lot with college and school, so, like, not not just like because it's like oh it's work there's so much work B- because of like the mental headspace that I'm in and I'm just really not meant for it right now. I know that I'll come back to it like in a year or or, or whatever, but that's my advice. Do not go into college head first if you really was if you really were struggling with like high school. Give it a year or two, you know. Get a get a like get a job at least. Go work, and when you feel comfortable enough, like you feel like you can actually you know go into college. So that's really how it's been like life's been pretty hard um both both on a mental health note and also with like school and whatnot but i try to make the best of it like anyone else can like that's really all you can do just one step at a time um and uh really i like i it's evident it's all it's it's apparent that i that i try to do everything in my power to like just do something that can distract myself like this podcast like talk to you guys um and and create like little edits of mine because i love editing i love editing but not editing like let me get this straight like if if people edit like if you do it as a hot like there's some people who edit shit where it's like auto generated from an app like you guys ever seen them like stranger things edits where it's like 
where it's like Eleven saying, oh, I don't want to leave you, Mike. And then all of a sudden it goes, boom, 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 boom. And it's like Tama Impala, the less I know, the better playing like in slow-mo. And I'm like, you made that in an app. You didn't make that on your own from scratch. Like, fuck off. I know you didn't. I've seen that shit everywhere. Everyone does it. That's not the editing I like to do. The editing I like to do is is within my own style and within my own... Like, I make it from scratch. You know, I get my presets and I get my things that I want for the ending and I just make it all into one product. That's how I feel editing should be done. Not from, like, just some fucking app and you just put in Tama Impala and say, Oh, I'm a good editing person. I'm a good editor. Like, fuck off, dude. Shut up. And especially with editors who just, like... It's part of the aesthetic. I get it. It's the whole aesthetic at this point. But I hate editors who, like, think they're the shit when literally all they do... It, and all the edits are just because of one actor, because of how good they look and whatever. Like, they don't really give a shit about the movie. It's just the actor. Um, and it's just, like, it, it's literally just cut, 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 cut of them looking good. With, with slow-mo music where it sounds aesthetic, you know? That bullshit, uh, you know... If you do it for fun, then I, I don't really have a problem with it, but when you start saying you're the shit when, when like, every edit of yours looks almost the same, then... Yeah, please shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's really how life has been. It's been really hard, and I just try to do whatever I can, both academically speaking and both, like, on, um... And I've been thinking about a, a lot of, like, ideas, um... When it comes to like making movies and whatnot, um, especially with the the web series that I mentioned that I would make soon, but uh, yeah, I'll get back to you guys on that. But yeah, that's really what life's been like, and uh, I hope your I hope yours is is going well. And if not, then I give you all my bish, best wishes. Uh, Indiana Jones fan dot fifty three. Yeah, Indiana Jones fan dot dot fifty three, and I can relate because I, I mean his name is Indiana Jones fan dot dot fit indiana jones fan dot 53 so we both like indiana jones but i go hard with indiana jones like he's my childhood hero i love him the next question goes from big goth i've known this person for a very long time since i was like 14 almost she she asks me what intrigues and interests you so much about blade runner that it's your passion coming back to what i've uh i pretty much answered both of your guys' questions with iron cams and in yours now um just very how much it's well presented and i knew that it i knew that it kind of it clicked in something inside of me that i didn't know i had both on a filmmaking aspect and on an emotional aspect that i because filmmaking all in all no matter what kind of fucking cinematographer you use or what shots you do all in all in the end it's all about story and there is something about blade runner story that kind of clicked inside of me and I really did feel like I could resonate with it on an emotional level. When you mix it as well with all these sci-fi aspects with it, there was just some... Excuse me. God, these hiccups. Yeah, but there was just something about it that was just so, like... Just so very... Like I said, to this, it's just so hard. You just have to watch it, and you you know when you know, you know? And it's it's a very... They're they're very beautiful movies, I think. They're very beautiful. I know it's sci-fi movies, and I know it's like you know, flying cars and like oh like, dystopian advertisements all over and shit and like the but but like but when you really look closely into it, I feel it's a very they're very beautiful movies. 
like pain like beauty within pain like i've said so um so yeah that that blade runner to me i sort of kind of just i really just put it next to how i feel on a day-to-day on an emotional level that's how i feel like the best way if i could ever put my emotion into a physical form that would be blade runner literally both movies like the whole world of blade runner that's that's the best way i can put it but good question though like that's it's almost the same like iron cams so i basically answered both of your guys's but yeah but thank but yeah good question thank you for that and this one's by the same guy who bought me the the art book for blade runner 2049 the the whole you know um shane's house uh if you guys want to add him or whatever it's shane's dot house uh so he his question is this one's less of a serious one now it's actually like about video games ah forte uh favorite call of duty zombies favorite call of duty zombie song uh in parentheses he says my guess for you is dead die rises we all fall down yeah uh, i love we all fall down like we all fall down we fall down like i love that fucking song it goes hard uh but like if we were to put like um a whole list of call of duty uh, call of duty zombie songs like my my top three so what I would put my top three, uh, my my third favorite Call of Duty song would be uh, Moons' Coming Home. You know, uh, if, if anyone's played Call of Duty Zombies, then you probably know what we're talking about. Uh, uh, the secret song to on the map of Moon uh, Coming Home, where it's like that really like screamo hard song. You know, that that's a good one. That's my that's what I would put on my on number three. Number two is Carry On. Not a not ter- I mean that's a good song, but not as good as a Avenged Sevenfold's Carry On, which for some reason they didn't put in the in transit for Black Ops Two, which is really weird. Like there's a really weird way to do it on how to activate the original Carry On from, from Avenged Sevenfold. Like you have to you like you actually have to go into the Xbox Three Sixties files and like delete some. Sh- it's it's very it's it's in there. The thing is that the song is in there. But it's not it's not in the in the game though, so you have to like because I guess like two of the carry on songs are like put together and like and I guess the system is like having a hard time deciding which ones like to use, so it uses the other carry on, not Avenged Sevenfold. So I guess I think I remember I remember watching a video on it because I really loved uh, Avenged Sevenfold's uh, carry on in Transit for Black Ops Two, and I remember he had to like delete. He fucking had to delete like one the the one carry on song so it it, it would take over uh, Avenged Sevenfold so yeah that's a good ass song um like by Avenged Sevenfold and my number one yeah it'd be Die Rises We All Fall Down uh the lyrics go hard the oh, the, the the whole um t- the the tune that comes with it like even though it was in a shitty map Die Rise like I have some things to talk about <laughs> not today some other day but like. When it comes to like Call of Duty Zombies, yeah, Die Rise was the worst. I I will like no, but but as far as that goes, I will literally put Die Rise above Transit because Transit is a is horrible. It's it's like Transit and the funny thing about it is that Transit there was so much in in store for Transit that it could have been a good map, but it was just the execution was horrible. So horrible, like, you know, it was the first map that kind of gave the the open world aspect of zombies but there was so much that they that there was so much that they 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 could they 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 were planning on doing 
all of the stuff that could have made it a good map, but they weren't able to because since um, the 360, the Xbox 360 had so many limitations as well as the PS3, so like they really had to cut down a lot of things, and it made it into this piece of shit. But if if called if if Transit was ever to be remade, and now with like how um, now that we have these next gen consoles and you know whatnot, I feel it will be the best map ever. But we weren't we weren't just given that opportunity because the limitations of the uh, last gen consoles. So yeah, those are those are uh, yeah. Die Rise is my favorite, but those are my three favorite Call of Duty songs that I have to give. So those are the questions. Uh, thank you guys for giving me those. Um, those were really I really have fun answering questions like that. And so um, I I I don't imagine I like I don't imagine I'll I'll never stop answering questions. Like I'll always. Like, with every podcast that I'll do, traditionally, I'll answer questions, so, um, yeah, but that's about has to do it, like, I'm literally getting to the limit here, um, that's about does it, guys, uh, thank you for listening so much, thank you for listening, like, so much for, like, onto this podcast of my dumbass that you have to hear, and, um, and I kind of thought, like, on a schedule base, I, I, w- I guess I'd do this every, every, every once, like, every, uh, every week or so like um so i do it so i would do it one week and then so and then every one week after that week i wouldn't do it and then you know just every week not every week like literally every week but every one once a week every once a week you know after a a week so (laughs) week i'm saying so much of week so I, i think you guys know what i'm trying to say Sorry guys for being sorry guys for having aspect uh, for being autistic. Sorry guys. <laughs> so yeah, um, every every once a week I'll do uh, I'll podcast. I'm I'm imagining that's how my schedule should be. So yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening so much. Um, if you want to just support me, I guess just follow me. I guess uh, I'm not gonna be saying oh I'll put down my Patreon or whatever. No, but yeah, thank you guys for listening to to me. Thank you guys for li- God, it's so hard. Thank you guys for l- tuning in. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank take care everyone. Mm-hmm.